Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And today we are talking about the New Year's Day release from 2000 uh, from the Juliana Theory entitled Emotion is Dead. And Chris is going to tell us about the album. Take it away, Chris. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, not much. The Juliana Theory. Well, now, why'd you say New Year's Day? Is that not when it came out? I don't think so. That's what I not saw. According to, <laughs> <laughs> not according to my research. Well, my, which well, was we've got thorough, conflict- by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we've got conflicting research. Then. If it no, was, I'm... we're talking Y2K, baby. They, they Yeah, they, that would be a... a Hold on, let's. We gotta. We gotta settle this right now, right? I, oh I, no! My information says August 29th, two thousand. Mm. Uh, why? Where did I get January first? Is it the single? I'm gonna have to. Uh, maybe it was, but I mean, they. I doubt Tooth and Nail put a single out nine months early. We're just derailing this thing all of a sudden because maybe I'm, maybe, maybe it was the EP that came out before. Um, maybe. Also, have you guys? Well, I don't know. Uh, this is this is not far off track, but <laughs> now I feel like this is a dumb no, no, intro. No. We should just scrap no. this whole thing. No. Now that I've been, I completely introed the entire podcast. No, no, do so, not scrap this. This is gold. So, so here's the thing. So, did you know? Did either of you notice that they now have this listed under uh, Capital Christian Music Group? Yes. I'm like, I thought that was weird. The thing is, like, I don't remember this being CCM. This was Tooth and Nail, right? Right, yes, but, the think, but but maybe he just did some legal wrangling uh, with his yeah. properties. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I really I'm so confused now. Where <laughs> I, I know I read that because I was like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird day to release an album. Maybe maybe um, you had a very realistic dream. Yeah, who knows? I have been on vacation. Uh, it's a lucid maybe dream. maybe I lucid dreamt dream. it on the beach. Okay. Dream. Anyway, Chris, go on. When did this album actually come out? According to your notes. According to my notes, <laughs> to August 29th, the year of our Lord two thousand. Um, okay. Well, so a, f- so a few months later. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. January, August. Potato, potato. Um, the members of Juliana Theory formed in 1997, a side project while they, they were all in other bands, some metalcore bands. Uh, lead singer Dieter says band kind of started as a joke. Slowly, they realized they really liked the music they were making uh, more than their regular bands. So they committed to doing this band full time. Um, the uh, it, it was their second studio album, this album that we're going to be talking about today, Emotion is Dead. Um, it combined alternative stylings of bands like the Smashing Pumpkins and Radiohead and even some harder bands like Iron Maiden. You can hear some metal influences. There are riffs. There, there yeah. are riffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and Dieter was in Zayo, which is a pretty famous, uh, what would you call them, Kyle? Like, me- Are they metal? Oh, yeah. Like, metal I'd, I'd Christian call, band? I would call them. Yeah, they were metalish. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and he was the guitar player for that band. Um, the... Recording was pretty quick. Five weeks between February and March of uh, 2000, still after Blake's supposed still, <laughs> release yeah, <date>. I mean, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I love it. I love it. I, I, now I want to know where we find it. Um, I'm where, looking where right that. now through I'm my sure you history. Saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were, they, uh, it was helped to be produced by um, producer Barry Pointer. Oh, yeah. Um, Dieter co-produced. Pointer served as the main engineer um, with a second engineer and uh, Brandon Ebel of Tooth and Nail Records fame, we were just talking about um, since he funded the sessions, he took the executive producer spot. Uh. Now, I did not know that albums had executive producers. I thought that was a TV thing. 
I've seen thing? I've seen a few that okay. do. Uh, sometimes uh, you'll see actually people like Rick Rubin now does that a lot, where he just kind of like pops in every okay. once in a while and kind of listens to the songs and might go like, "Yeah, I think this is there," or "No, I don't think it's there." And he's really yeah. not in any of the day to day recording stuff anymore. Uh, for most of okay. the stuff, I think he does. So I I I don't know if he. I've seen that title before for someone, especially it used to be on hip hop ones too, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot, but yeah, so it does happen, but you're right. It is more of a TV, uh, because that right. job is, is a real, very important job in film and TV. And it's not really an important job. And like, you know, in the sense that like, there aren't any deliverables that, right. <laughs> that, right. um, guy has to do. So, um, anyway, I, but if you're funding it, certainly it's your, that just means uh, I get final say. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I'm going to backtrack a little bit too. Mm, back it um, up. And mention that uh, Juliana Theory was discovered at the infamous Cornerstone Music Festival um, on the impromptu stage. Um, launched many, uh, what's the other famous band that launched on the impromptu stage? Me Without You. That's oh, right. yeah. I was at that. I was at that Cornerstone. I was actually at the show where they got spotted. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, rest yeah, recently, in peace. Right? Yeah. Um, Just had their last show. That wasn't um, so. So most uh, there was even some cool songs recorded um, at like two of the dudes' houses. Dieter recorded "Emotion Is Dead" at his house. Something isn't right here. It was recorded in the producer's spare bedroom and living room. Um, and all of this was done to Dat. So it was uh, this was digital, but not digital. Um, that was that's like a. Explain that, Blake. That uh, it was a digital tape. Yeah. So okay. think, um, you remember? Well, most That's Chris, what the you, used, well, you right? know, yeah. So I mean, you know, because there was a short period of time where camcorders stopped using analog tape and used digital tape, but okay. it still wasn't on cards yet. Is that kind of an in between thing? And this was that for audio in the sense that like you could cue them up, they could be synced together. So like, yeah, the rejects and like the Rocket Summer would rock this like ADAT box behind them that maybe had each cassette. I can't, I'd never actually recorded to ADAT. I've never actually used it at all, but maybe each track, each one has like eight tracks on it or something. And okay. so it's probably less than that actually, but you know, so you could cue them up and like you could take out an instrument that you don't have. So that's how like the rejects had bass and dr- and guitar, but you know, all their way. Is that right? Yeah. Bass and guitar. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then they had like drums and and other instruments on those dats or Rocket Summer would just be playing like guitar and have a drummer and then keyboards or whatever he wasn't playing at the time. He could like mute that track or whatever, essentially. So it was Pro Tools. I mean, now we could literally just do that on an iPad. It's insane. Or your phone, honestly. You could literally run GarageBand with tracks. Um, this was that. This is how you did tracks live. It was all ADAT machines. Crazy. And digital obviously means, even though it, has the mechanics of tape there's no way for the quality to go down like you correct yeah. that 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 they recorded on in 2000 today you'd hear the exact same track it's digital it's not analog. you would yeah and i would imagine a bit of this was it, maybe it all went to dat eventually but like a lot of this sounds like it was in box like in a computer and then maybe they hit you know they busted yeah, out right, to the right, dat right. to like record yeah. to that but yeah. yeah so it was like a, a combination of analog and digital um because some people still kind of consider that digital in the sense that you're like punching in and out and you're not splicing tape 
but you yeah. do have some digital ways to edit stuff, but it's still just, it's a linear editing. It's not digital like it is now where we can just move stuff around. Just right. Right. Oh, right. 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 You're still, the, yeah. Oh you. it's a, With that, still it's still a physical linear. piece of equipment that has to move. Like it, it can't, you can't just. Right, yeah. Right. And I can like punch you in on a chorus, but I can't like take the one chorus and fly it over to all the other choruses. Yeah. I still Got have it. to like sing them all. Whereas like, you know, okay. right now I can just like take one performance and then like copy and paste it if I want to. Right. Um, which is what I'm going to do for your recording for the rest of this, Chris. I'm just going to make you say whatever <laughs> yeah. I want to uh, when I edit this. Anyway, go on. That's a side tangent about dats that you know, hey. know ADAT. Well, no, I, I thought I, we, we've talked about a lot of albums and either tape or Pro Tools. And this is – they specifically went out of their way to mention that. And I was like, I think we should take a moment here and yeah, explain what there this was is a little, for those that are – there was like a little bit of time, but it wasn't <laughs> right? a super popular thing to like record to. I mean, there were some places that had it, but it was kind of this weird, this is like before I'm, this is right when I'm getting into stuff like recording. Cause I'm in high school at the time and I'm trying to get into like digital because that's all you can afford. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, a computer right. and I can plug in a mic to it kind of thing. Right. Um, but you know, most studios were either like trying to embrace the digital thing wholly on the computer side of things. This was a kind of in between on the two, but like I've never been in a studio with an ADAP machine in it. And I was yeah. in studios, you know, in, in 99, like, like 2000 to, you know, 2010 more than any other time. But, you know, most people were either still on tape or they went to something like radar. And that's like what Freels was using Kyle oh, okay. back in the day. Yep. Um, or they'd gone to like pro tools rigs by that point. So it was kind of a weird thing. Cause like, I think we talked about previously on this podcast, I think the first number one single on the pop chart charts was that was all digital, like pro tools was Ricky Martin living La Vida Loca. And that's 99. Oh, so wow. like, we're only like just now, like, right. and this is comes out in 2000, not on January right. 1st, but <laughs> right. it did come right. out in 2000. So, right. you know, right. we're right on that. Like things are starting to be all digital, um, right around, right around this time. Right. Well, um, as of 2003, the, um, the, it, it sold, oh no, I'm sorry. I, I have the wrong information there. I'm not sure how many copies this sold. All I could find was the record before it. Understand is dream had sold 150,000 copies. I couldn't tell that's, if that was a typo. That's actually impressive. That's impressive. Right. I think this one was around I, there too. I right, think it well, was I, in the hundred thousand. I think 000. that's a typo and that this is the album that that's oh, actually yeah. referring to. Cause this was, this album was, it was a monster album for the time. Um, for a and, for tooth and nail, I would oh, say. I yeah. mean, what were they? Most of their albums selling at that oh. point, not a hundred k. No, 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 no. I mean, I think uh, I don't know when Life in General came out, but Life in General, I think, would have been uh, that would have been ninety nine or eight. Yeah. That sounds ninety eight. Uh, eight, I think. But yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, that would have been probably one of their biggest records the day before this one. So um, I doubt that went gold. Maybe it went gold because of Chick Magnet. What do you think? I don't know. I don't think it would have gone gold. No. No. Yeah, no, so there's no way. Up there. So, yeah. But then, then again, albums were selling a lot more in the late 90s than it's they were. It's such a weird time, right? Like, how do you know? <laughs> Just it, a few years this, later. Right. Four years after, this album could have been produced way better and sold fewer copies because of how, how crazy things were in the record industry. So that's a little bit about the record um, and a little bit about the band. Well, thank you for that, mm -hmm, Chris. Mm -hmm, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we got on quite a tangent there. I thought we would not talk, for, but for 47 seconds. This is what happens when we have a little delay between guys. Sorry. Yeah. We, when, when we have a lot of time between when, when the guys hang out, 
You get to hear it's us. Like we have to catch up. Yeah. We got to catch up. Yeah, you are hearing ranks. this in real time. There is no planning. We don't right. talk about this beforehand. I even cut Kyle off a couple of times before we hit record on this because I was like, "Stop talking about <laughs> stuff. We'll talk about it on the podcast." We like uh, it to have an improvisational feel to yeah. it. Yeah, like we, we don't want it to loose, feel forced. Not canned. Speaking of cans, uh, I'm drinking Coke. Kyle's drinking Pepsi. Mm. It's a real life 1980s war. <laughs> What'd you say? Of course. This is the, and Chris is in Austin, so he has to have Whole Foods ginger soda water. Yep. That's so <laughs> Austin, bro. That's very Austin of you. Uh, so that's what we're drinking. Um, I've, you know, I wanted to start a podcast, and the only idea I had was to drink something on it, uh, and, and everyone shares what they're drinking at the beginning of the podcast. That was my only idea, and then Chris was like, why don't we talk about albums from the 2000s? I was like, that's a better idea. <laughs> And so we, we did this. We should still do your idea. Yeah, be, yeah I don't great. know. I didn't know what we would talk about after we introduce our drinks, but I knew that would be part of it. So we have a uh, snack. We can call those those drinks. Yeah, I don't like, know. It'd be a great idea. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this is all real life. Anyway, the point is, we're going back to talking about the album. Uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us about your first impressions of the album? When did you get it? So I don't have a I don't have a distinct memory of listening to this full album. Uh, like, I, or she, rather, I don't have a distinct memory of like that first impression of listening to the full album. My good buddy, uh, Jeff White, was a big Juliana Theory. He was into them, Dennis and Mars, like all, all of those bands like that, right? And so when when it was Jeff's turn to put music on in the van, he he would rock this. And I absolutely remember s- several of the songs. I just don't quite remember. It didn't it didn't grab me as much at the time. So I don't remember. I mean, I was just so so into pop punk, man. And and like I'll even say to to a fault, right? Like I I wasn't inter- interested in anything else at the time. So um but I do remember Jeff playing it. I remember specifically i remember the song that i think chris did you put it on our uh on our valentine's playlist this year or last year i think that was this year um i remember that song um that one's uh oh gosh is that we're on top uh, of the world we're at the top of the yeah, world we're at the, the top world. of the yeah. world i remember that one and i remember uh something isn't right here like that one yeah that one stuck with me but there were a ton of surprises for me where i was just like dang dude i must have been tuning out while jeff was listening to this in the in the van because i know that he because yeah, it seems it. right up your alley yeah well dude yeah, and, it, and and i i thoroughly enjoyed it like i thoroughly enjoyed listening to it but like the the moments on um is it uh you always say good night like the the outro yeah. on that yeah just nuts uh, yeah. there's, there's a ton of stuff. So I'm going to give you my recent, my, my, this week's first impression. It's yeah, crazy I, I like because that. That's like, or I say this week, this month. <laughs> yeah. We've been, yeah, we've been um, out of town, sick. I got a stomach bug. It's been total craziness over here. So the, 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 the craziest thing to me about this record is that it is like, uh, it is very early 2000s emo in that. We got the bass guitar. There's not just a ton going on, but it just sounds perfect. All the parts are intentional. But like this, they sound like they could play whatever they want. And even his vocal, um, this this whole month that we've been listening to this, I'm like, 
this dude has one of those voices. He could sing in whatever kind of band. And it's not because his voice is necessarily pretty, but he has this character to his voice. Like he almost sounds and and only you guys will know that I don't mean this as an insult. Like he's got like he's got like a, a little bit of that messed quality, like a little a teeny bit of like that British punk rock sounding voice yeah, yeah, yeah. and and i say that because i actually like messed sorry guys kill me sue me for like don't i don't know kill that me. i ever listened to them but oh well uh actually i re- distinctly remember chris and i arguing about messed way back in the day chris was <laughs> like i just don't know how you can do it dude <laughs> 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 I I lo- I love when I have for the most part I line up with someone like that. Yeah. Like we line up on yeah. on a lot of yeah. stuff, but when something just doesn't make I, that happens to me where I'm just like I do not understand how people enjoy this and I'm not trying to I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying I don't understand what is enjoyable about this. Well, we'll but you know, someone might we, love it. We can and say, uh, that's fun. We could save it for another time, but what I believe Chris didn't like about them was the <laughs> lyrical content. <Yeah>. But <laughs> But as it turns out, uh, as as that band's uh, as that band's next chapters were written, uh, that le- <laughs> that lead singer was about that life. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so ne- next week on Finding Emo, we're doing that album. <laughs> no. Yeah, let's do it. Do now, right? <laughs> uh, so so anyway, I heard. I heard influences, and then I heard. I I can't wait to talk about certain songs because I heard their influence on the genre um there's one in particular that is just so blatant to me that i can't wait to talk to you guys about but yeah i my first impression was wow this is really good i can't believe i wasn't super into this at the time and part of me wonders if i was just being spiteful to jeff jeff was my (laughs) bandmate and he's like you got to check this out it's really good and i'm like yeah this is really good but i can't admit it this sucks jeff i don't know why do I find myself doing the same thing sometimes? I'll find myself same. resistant to um, people telling me that oh you should check this out. I don't know why because I it's like you I don't always know me, enjoy. Man. I don't know what it is that I don't know. I don't know why I'm like that. It's like I almost go like, well, um, I need. To- there are certain people that it's just like a can't miss. I'll always listen to what they say because they they've just never led me wrong. Kyle, you're kind of one of those because right. you know you know which ones I won't like. Like even if you love it, yep. you know me well enough to know uh, Chris. You know Blake won't dig this, and so. <laughs> um, but you know, I find myself resistant sometimes, and then I check something out, and I'm like, why the heck did I not listen to the people that told me to? You know, I, it's just a silly pattern that I do. It's not like I'm always. It's not an always thing, but I do find myself sometimes not checking out a new album for some dumb reason, even though someone I trust. Like I need to discover it for myself. Right. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, well, that's fun that you got to dive back into it. Yeah. That's a good way. And I, I like that you, I like that we have someone on this that will be less familiar with it. Cause I think that I assume I, I know what Chris is going to say here. It's going to be a nostalgia bomb for both Chris and I, I, I think, because I'm pretty sure Chris told me about this record. But anyway, Chris, what were your first impressions back in the day? Who I know you had this around then. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember the first moment I heard Juliana Theory because a friend of mine was doing a, a show at a church. Uh, he was uh, promoting the show. He's like, yeah, you should come out. And it was Juliana Theory and Squad 5 Where was this? Church. I don't remember the church. Like, was it here? Or at, oh, yeah, it was in Oklahoma, for sure. Okay. And I just walked in, and they were playing 
the chorus of Into the Dark. And I was like, what? And I, I missed them. Like I, I had to work late. So, I mean, I was just seeing like the last song. Um, and then I saw Brett walk out and the guy just oozed rock star. I mean, he's like 18 feet tall, wearing sunglasses inside, you know, and I was like, these guys are so freaking cool. Well, so, and here's what's interesting about you bringing that up is that I read an article, an interview with him um, for kind of the retrospective of when they did like a reunion kind of tour on the album. I think that was in 2015 or something like that. Um, so, but I mean, they were talking about how they kind of got a lot of crap for kind of embracing kind of the digital, the drum machine, the kind of like different genres, like going from like super sappy pop to kind of a more like darker, heavier kind of thing and kind of being a little bit all over the map. And then it like said, they got a lot of crap for like dressing cool and alike. They'd wear like matching outfits and stuff. I mean, they like went all in on like, they had the in-ears before anyone did at that level. Rock stars, man. Like, and I, like I didn't realize because I never saw them live. I never, no, I did see them live. But, Did you see the Atari show? Atari yeah, show, that's Atari when I saw them. Forever? Yes, that was yeah, that's when I saw them. But that was when Love was out. I know. <laughs> Which they played I'm a lot sure of songs we'll talk too. about. They played. <laughs> they did not play as many uh, that I would have wanted them to. And it was he was a little. It was like it was trying to shed that at the time. Right. Um, it felt like, and so it we'll wasn't. Never, but it was we'll different, you know. But like so that because that was like three years after that or something. Um, two or three years. And so anyway, they, they did that. They, you're right. They were, that was yeah. probably shocking even for, you know, cause like churches were the only places around here that had. Well, I shows. wanted to play music. So when yeah. I saw that, I was like, Oh, this is a whole different way to approach this, you know? Cause everything was like pop punk, you know, you wore a thrift store shirt. Like you didn't care yeah. how good you sounded. Those guys sounded great. Like yeah. they sounded so freaking good. And this album was a heavy, heavy influence on my songwriting and like what I thought a band could be that you could kind of do the rock star thing. I mean, I, if you go back to early minutes too far, you will see a lot of themes that from this band, the matching outfits being one that I was like, we have to all wear the same thing. Like what has, so that people always recognize us and, like, hey, uh, which yeah. you'll appreciate this, Chris. Uh, speaking of matching <laughs> outfits, for our EP uh, shoot that we did all World War II army stuff. Yeah. Uh, or I guess maybe not. Maybe Air Force stuff. Um, I'm reusing that jacket for my Halloween costume this year. I'm be- That's I'm doing, awesome. I'm doing Peter B. Parker from uh, Spider Verse. Oh, and that's he's got that cool. green kind of trenchy jacket, and I was like, that I've got that jacket. I've that's had it awesome. for all these years. So. Um, so it's going to good use again, but, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I was crazy about him. I thought I I listened to this album over and over and over and over again. I was also, um, a huge Tooth and Nail fan. Like there's there were some of us that just liked that label so much that you would almost listen to everything they put out. And this was so different from every I mean, because like there's like 90 pound wuss mm. and then there's this. <laughs> it's kind of Yeah. And and now, <laughs> and now that we know now that we know this came out in August and not January, this comes out like right as you graduate high school and oh, yeah. Are you in Denver at this point? When did you move to Denver? Like, right, like pretty no, soon. No, we did after, a full no, year. In full year. A, okay. Yeah. We'll so you're doing the band thing, like yeah. right now, and this album comes out. Yeah. I mean, I can see how that made an yeah. imprint on you a little bit. I am pretty sure that means I had to have heard about this band from you. I can't imagine it was from anyone else. It has it to be. Right. So because yeah, that was but, that was back where I, you know, you had a CD and you're like, hey, here, 
take yeah. this, <laughs> burn yeah. it, or listen yeah, or, to it, or give or it whatever. back. You or might have even it, just told it. me to like yeah. get it because you, um, yeah, I was still in high school, but we were still buds and chatting on instant messenger. Remember that? Fat strat alias. Uh, you were, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Was that always what you were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Before That's Billy Eilish. I, right. It's an MXP X lyric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, oh yeah. Yeah. So, I um, did it first. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I had to have heard it from you because I, I don't know who else would have told me about this, and I, but I don't remember exactly when I heard it for the first time. Honestly, I really do not, uh, which sounds weird because I do really like this album and it was sort of similarly, uh, pretty influential on me, especially cause this is same thing as Chris. I'm just starting to write songs right now. Like I write my first song that year, I think for sure. Something like that. And so nice. Yeah. So it's like, it's a pretty influential time to be in my three disc changer in my Iowa stereo in my room. And, uh, this is definitely one of them that was getting, uh, getting a lot of play. I, I just really liked it. I liked that. It was kind of all, it reminds me of, um, I think I read it. They, this was an influence on them, but like kind of third eye blindy in the sense that like third eye blind can freaking rock. Yeah, sure. And they can also write a killer pop song and just go all on it, all in on it, you know? And there's like, and no apologies. It's not like, it's like, it's all who they are. And this, this feels like that with them. It feels like they're going like, we want this song to rock. Not because we feel like we need to check off a box. It's because we, we want to play this one this way. And then, where the top of the world couldn't be more of just like a straight, like almost bubblegum pop song. And again, it's not like, Oh, we got to check a box for a single or something. It's just, to me, it just feels very genuine. And I liked that they could go from, from one thing to the next that didn't have to have, it didn't feel like it. It's weird. It doesn't feel like there's a theme here. Like where it's yeah. like, Oh, this song won't fit on this album. But it doesn't feel discombobulated either or in a way where it's it, it doesn't feel it all feels related to me. Is that a strange thing to say that it feels like oh, these songs are kind of all over the place, but no. there's a cohesion that I can't quite put my finger on? No, this what attracts album is it. It, it, it makes your brain like you can't figure out how it all ties together, but it does. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I just that was uh, that was cool because I kind of, you know, as Kyle mentioned with like pop punk and stuff is a little bit more, I don't want to say one trick pony. I like pop punk a lot, but you know, it's generally they're faster and they're all, you know, all about the same speed. You might have one kind of slower jam, you know, ballady kind of thing on a record, but for the most part, it's like all the same speed and, you know, similar guitar tones and stuff. And, and I think that's probably what it is on here is that it like very sonically it all meshes. I think that's mostly what it is. It's like instrumentation and stuff. Um, now that I think about it, but yeah, it just, it has a great, um, I just really liked that. I just feel like most other, other stuff was either low or high. You know, I was like listening to whatever, like Ryan Adams and, you know, so Heartbreaker and, or then on the other end of it, like whatever, Yellow Card or, you know, Blink-22 or, you know, whatever. And like, those are just, those don't feel like there's a lot of space between them, so uh, and this felt like it had a little bit of everything, which I like. Um, and I think similarly, ha I would have to say influenced some of my songwriting as well. And just the sense that I was going to go, sometimes I feel like popping, sometimes it's rocking, you know, right. 
normally in between there. And I don't think it's crazy that anybody that is a huge Jimmy World fan would also be a huge Juliana Theory fan. There's definitely right. some. Yeah. That you. This is a step, like a not a step from Clarity. This is like Clarity's third cousin. <laughs> it's it's in the same. Yeah, vein. I read that same article that I was talking about earlier. Really, kind of said it was just like Clarity, but just no, um, more just underrated yeah. or something. And I was like, nah, I mean, I really like this album, but it is not executed as well as Clarity is. Um, oh no, no. Just but it, even but if you like Clarity, you could be like, oh yeah, uh, you will. You might also like this. Yes. Oh, for yeah. sure. Definitely yeah. for fans of the sticker would have been on there. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I remember you know, stickers. we've talked about the Mardell version Kyle, of that. It's get, like for did fans you ever get of those stickers on your record. <laughs> no, no, uh, I probably refused just because uh, it, it, I got burned too many times by some bullcrap allegations. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. I would, <laughs> this band sounds like, yeah, MX, which has to suck for the Great. band too, because no Hell one yeah. likes, I don't know, no, I would never mind if someone said that about my band to someone, like, oh, if you like this or this, or it's kind of like this, like, that's fine. But when someone's like, oh, they're just like this band, it's like, I don't, mm. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I don't want to be just like some band. I like it if it's like a weird combination. That's normally what gets my eyeball back in the day if you're browsing Best Buy was like this sounds like Britney Spears and Iron Maiden. I'd go, what? huh? You know, like that would what does that, sound that like? would pique my interest because I'd go I've got to hear what that is at least um, because you've now intrigued me but if something just said like if you like Blink-182, that was the classic. I mean, yeah, it was just well, like, I mean, it's like, oh, everything that had any kind of punk thing to it at all was all of a sudden like, oh, it sounds like Blink-182. Like, I well, disagree. The thing but. is, you're setting that band up for failure because like the best they'll ever be is a second-rate version of that who that sticker claims they'll sound like, right? Like, yeah. It, I... I hate the I hated those stickers, man. Yeah, it's only in the service of selling some records yeah. to people that other like on an impulse buy and and gives no long term thought to like the band's career or anything or even just the longevity of people trusting that you're not lying to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that doesn't. I paid attention to labels, and if a label pulled that crap once, I certainly wasn't ever going to trust it again. Especially like especially smaller labels where you really knew that it was like. No, someone like signed off on all this. And if they right. put out crap over and over again, I'm going to trust that they're going to put out crap until I'm proven, you know, wrong. Um, anyway, we've gone on lots of tangents on this one. This apparently has fired us up <laughs> for all sorts of reasons. But 2000 is a weird year for lots of reasons, for the recording reasons we talked about, for the the pirating of music becoming a thing. I mean, that's like the, this is the, this is we're really ramping up the, um, if that's a graph, like a chart, you know, that thing is really turning hockey stick like around this time. And yep. so that's changing the music industry. It's just a weird time. And this album kind of comes out and I think is really kind of, I think anyone that was giving them crap for it in 2000, I think was probably quickly proven poor, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. or whatever by 2006, because everyone's embracing everything that this band did in like within five years from that but maybe they're just a little early no that they uh, there i read an interview he said something brett said something like that like all the all the ideas we had all the concepts we had were um we were a little ahead of our time it was all yeah 
I mean, because you look at the next look at the next couple of years, it's not any of the like the matching outfits and things like that quite yet. I mean, not, I mean, it happens sometimes, but not very much. Um, but but it's not. You know, it's not like where, um, like Jimmy World comes out the next year with Blue American, and that's a humongous hit. But they're wearing like jeans and a t-shirt. There, there's no look to Jimmy World. It's right. not really until you it's get into sound. It's a sound, uh, but the look thing really comes along in the emo thing a little bit more. Not that there wasn't some of that with the look thing, but it it wasn't in 2000. I don't feel like so. Um. All right, let's go to track by track um first track into the dark aforementioned uh chris sees the end of this when he sees them live yes he's blown away epic all right let's go to it into the dark you have time to find the Chris Monier was not really air drumming. It was kind of air head bobbing. Um, so he gets to go first. Uh, Chris, thoughts on the first track? What a great song. Okay. just so There's so much happening here. And when you think about that these guys did this in five weeks at like some of the songs at different people's houses, I, I think it's pretty remarkable how good the production is. It's also still a little lacking. Like it's a little uh, thin. But it's digital sounding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of layers and like there's a lot happening. It's really yeah. freaking cool. Um, just like all the songs on this record, they do a little with a lot here. Just a really simple bass line, really simple little guitar noodle, but lots of candy, lots of great creamy background vocals. Um, the I give you my hand if you reach out and grab it. Great line sticks to yes. your head. Yes. I mean, it's a great line. That's the line I walked into. I was like, oh, and it was so like, I remember walking in, it was just so atmospheric and big what was happening which is just the opposite of everything else that was happening in pop punk um and then you've got like sleigh bells on the outro yep. and the yeah that's a great song great, great outro song. Mm-hmm. not a lot of people with great outros we don't say no. great yeah. outro a lot on this song but Do that is a not? great have we ever outro yeah, no we might yeah. never, i don't know if we i'm sure we have somewhere <laughs> yeah. but gosh that yeah it really is a good outro um yeah good first track man i just it's it's a weird same thing that another thing that was very Jimmy World at the time is like the the happy boppy song with like super dark lyrics mm-hmm. right right <laughs> which this is like right there it's like it's got the word torment in you know you know right. oh, in the chorus no. so Ooh, that's yeah that's right you know so I um I like that juxtaposition that like the song that makes me feel happy I don't realize for you know, dozens of listens. I'm like, wait a minute. They're talking about, you know, something that's not happy. And I like that. I think it's, I think it's cool. And it's, um, yeah, it's got a lot of ear candy, but I do agree, Chris. I didn't really bring it up in the intro part because it was not my impression at the time, but coming back to this album has certainly made me go, Ooh, yeah, there's, there's a digitalness to this album. There's like no warmth at all and it's kind of sucks because i want i like these songs are so good and the parts are there and the technical execution of like 
where everything is and the, you know, just the structure of these songs is awesome. And the recording, I just want it to not sound like they recorded all the guitars through a line six pod, which I'm <laughs> pretty it, sure but it does sound exactly. But like that's that. what it sounds like. And it's, su- <laughs> it's like, and I, it's, I think they had to have, or maybe, like I said, I don't know. I probably need to do a little research on the, are there other albums that recorded to dat that are good? And I think it really all, I think this is my philosophy on recording uh, and I wish I would have known this in 2000, <laughs> but I think what matters more than anything is you have to have like what you go, like record the source of what you record is the most important part. Don't try to fix it later. Uh, you know, so you need a good guitar into a good amp with a microphone in front of it. Right. And, or, you know, now we've got really good digital amp simulators, so you can get a great sound with that. But the point is it's like, don't, you can't fix everything later. I think that we've gotten too gone too far down that road. And so back then it's like, if you're going into the dat, but it came through like a line six pod or something like that, that maybe they thought was sounded good. Cause maybe at the time it, right. it was but like fun and exciting. Budget. That's, that's what it budget. was. Yeah. Dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, guitars are not, it, it does not cost more yeah. to, to record. No, but, and I've heard, you know, like, Hey, look, uh, Let Go did that whole album of theirs on Militia through a Line 6 pod. But Jamie Wolford is a genius. And right, a, right. He's a really, really <laughs> smart engineer and record and like the most meticulous engineer I've ever seen or worked with at all, for sure. And and it sounded great. And I never would have guessed that because he just did a great job with it. But it was the same thing. It was like speed-wise to get it done. Um, and... But this is not there yet. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. And um, that sucks. But yeah, it's a great song and it's a great first track. But I do have different, slightly different ears to it um, listening 20 years later. But Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It, it sounds kind of thin, you know. Uh, it, it I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it just, it doesn't sound awesome but i actually really like the song and i love oh yeah i, I love his uh, i love his vocal i've mentioned this band on this podcast before he he sounds so much like uh the lead singer of show off it's a band that basically did one record then they got signed by a major recorded a full length with mark trombino big surprise um as everyone did yeah and and uh it got shelved uh but if 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 you haven't i'll maybe i'll remember and send it to the show notes but you should check out show off it 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 reminds me his vocal reminds me so much of that but anyway i i love the song it's and i do love that juxtaposition of it's clearly dark uh you know lyrically it's dark but it feels happy and uh it's a great song a good opener yeah, uh, I think everything you said is spot on, Kyle. Um, let's go to track two, which is uh, Don't Push Love Away.
Kyle, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on on this track. So I I feel like I have a great note about this song. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Do you think that this song is a prophecy about their next album? <sighs> oh no, Don't that is a great note. How did I never away? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna have. To, I'm pulling up the lyrics now to read them to see if you're right. Oh, um, so you funny. guys, you guys both have told me how much that album just just disappointed you. And listening to it every single time this came on, I was like, this song is a prophecy about their next album. Don't push love away, guys. Guys, here's a thought if you're willing to listen. (laughs) Can you hear me now? Tell me I'm wrong. Don't push love away. You know you do. It's all we have. Yep. Oh Oh, my gosh. The prophecy has come true. It is a prophecy. Yeah. Wow. This is really weird, Kyle. That's a great, great, <laughs> great, great now. Uh, you know, I actually, well, well, we'll talk more about love later. Let's not get off on that tangent yet. We, if we were a, a morning well, DJ, so, okay, like we so, should have like a love counter. Um, <laughs> Ding! Every time we mention uh, it. I still, I mean, I really like the song, but that's all I could think of. Every single time it came on, I heard those words. Don't push love away, Chris and Blake. Don't push Don't it do away. Don't do it. And then I listened to it for the first time uh, uh, okay. this last don't, weekend. Don't tell us yet. We'll, okay. We will get to that. Uh, I promise we will talk about love. But let's just talk about this wonderful album for a while first. Uh, Chris, thoughts on Don't Push Love Away? Okay. So one thing I love that he does, uh, I somebody, some way along my songwriting journey told me you got to get to the first chorus in a minute. Like that's a goal, like a good goal. You want to get to the first hook in the first minute. And Brett's like, I'll get to it in 20 seconds. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, he just kicks it off, man. And I think it's really cool. Get to that hook. Um, and something really simple in this song that I just freaking always loved is that guitar following the yes. uh, the, the melody. Um, I, I thought that was so cool. Um, and yeah. Three verses before the bridge? Why not? I mean, you get into the course in twenty seconds. You might as well. You can do it. Yeah, you can uh, fit it in in a pop and, song. Yeah, the, and the, you got some falsetto at the end. I mean, it's really it's it's got everything that I like in a song. It's all in one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good song. The thing that sticks out to me is harmonies. First off, is just I'm really into uh, how many vocals there are on these tracks. It's very. It's very like Queen, Michael Jackson, like in the sense that like it's very much him. They're not trying to like obscure the background vocals. They're not really background vocals. I wouldn't call them background vocals. They're harmonies. They're Mm -hmm. very much stacked, like hot vocals, Uh, sometimes to the point where it's like I think the harmony is maybe as loud, exactly as loud as the melody. There's a lot of parts in this where it's and this is one of those songs. I'm into it though. I like it. And I, it was different than what other stuff I was listening to at the time. Uh, you know, you'd get a background vocal sometimes or some stuff and things I'd listen to, but this felt like kind of going back to eighties kind of hair metal stuff or Def yeah. Leppard style kind of, although yeah, it's like sweeter than of, Def Leppard. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But very like Def Leppard in the sense that like, you know, those, those just like huge vocal tracks right. or like even Phil Collins and, um, you know, all that kind of like stacked wide vocal stuff that a lot of people did in the eighties and stuff. And, and I feel like we just went all the way the other direction in the, in the nineties. We went all the yep. way back to like, no, everything's super, you know, raw and right here. Um, right. and analog and which is all fine. I mean, I, I like, I like stuff from both of those eras, but it does feel like this is kind of swinging back. But Pendulum into, has to swing back eventually. These guys are definitely, yeah, this is swinging back a stab to, at that. Yeah. And so this is, this feels like that. And it, I, it's gotta be one of the early ones. Cause this is, I've got this album. I am for sure before I have, I discovered Jimmy Eat world. So, uh, this Same. is, yeah, I've got this in 2000. I'm just almost for sure. Even though I can't remember exactly. And then um, I don't find Jimmy World till the week that Bleed American comes out. So, you know, this is different than anything I'm listening to at the time, and and I like it. And I think this is a good example of that. I do. I you stole my note on the guitar and the mimic of the guitar. It makes me almost wonder, like, was it a guitar lick before it was the melody? You know, because it really has mm. that bend. That's like, uh, and and he's almost mimicking the bend it sounds like with his vocals. And so it's it's kind of a chicken or egg thing, but I would guess that that was a guitar riff that he started following with his vocals. Cause he kind of bends like the guitar does. Yeah. I, I like it. I think it's cool. And I like that we, you mentioned bass centric Kyle. And I, that's a good descriptor of this album in the sense that this one has bigger guitars, but like, they're not like super upfront, like, but the bass is. Yep. And yeah. there's several songs coming up that are like the bass is the only thing driving the chords. It's like all lead stuff behind it. Um, and I think it's cool. So um, we take it a little bit in the other direction. Again, uh, these guys have just kind of decided like we're going to throw whatever we want at you. And this is kind of that with track three, which is to the tune of 5,000 Screaming Children. A little different vibe than what we've heard so far. Now how about a word or two on you? Chris, I always forget the name of this band. What was the band that had the like um, the song about like dying in forty hour increments or whatever? What was who's that band? Dying in forty hour increments. Or no, it's just what is, uh, is it? Two thirty eight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Coin Laundry Loser. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think oh, it's two thirty eight. Is what I'm talking about. This kind of yeah. reminds me of that. Like this is yeah. that kind of vibe of like a little bit more. Well, those guys were all influencing each other yeah. at this exact time. So yeah. that makes perfect sense. This feels in the vein of that. Uh, yeah. and I, I dug that at the time, too. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Chris? Uh, great rock song. Feedback intro. <laughs> uh, like 70,000 guitar scratches. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, they just keep, like, hey, just keep doing that. That sounds awesome. Mine sounded um, more like a cat meow than a guitar <laughs> scratch now that I... <laughs> it's like By a dying way, do band, cat. Does anyone do that anymore? Like, oh, do yeah, it's my, still my favorite. I don't okay, care. Okay. 
cool. It's cool. it's a uh, well. I mean, it's always been more of a live thing than a recording thing. You got to really want to throw it in there. But yeah, I feel like I've surely heard it on a on. I'm trying to think of a record. I'm going to now have to listen to what's the newest record I've listened to that has a guitar scratch right, right. on it. I want to know. I, I'm going to try to figure that out. I, I love the, I called it the two for one bridge. Like you get, emo, you get emo and rock like two for yes. one because it's, you were, you, you played the emo bam, 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 and then it goes with that. Like just regular, <laughs> just a regular old guitar solo, which if, if you kids weren't alive in the nineties, we hadn't heard that like oh. for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like we just decided it never happened molly crew guns and roses we we're like no nobody does a guitar solo and then we, why we did we go so far that way like what was know. what was object what was objectionable about guitar solos they were i awesome. mean we're, we're kind of there now though kind of in the same in the same hole like there's yeah there's still the bands we listen to that are there especially now that there's a uh you know the when we were young crowd we'll we'll call them that like now that there's a resurgence of this kind of music but i mean i think for the most part it's everything's pop music which i'm not complaining about no, no, no. but yeah, even yeah, yeah. i'm not even talking like the even the rock songs i mean even the rockiest of rock songs rarely had a guitar solo in them for yeah for a long time i mean you know it's just it's a weird thing to have completely gone away because every guitarist likes to hear a guitar solo i've never met you know, they almost like it's a surefire way to make me laugh. That's a weird way to say it, but like a really great guitar solo makes me just grin so wide into ear, like ear to ear, that I just like I'm laughing because it. But I enjoy that. But you don't yeah. just most people just don't do it on records. I am bringing it back. I on my little synth pop EP that I put out. I I had a buddy of mine that's much better guitarist than I am because I am not a great lead guitarist. Um. Put one on there, cause yeah, it's awesome. Why not have freaking someone play a bitch in solo? I'm into yeah. it. Um, and Juliana Theory have some good guitar players. Mm. Bring it on, no doubt. Any other any other notes on on the tune, Chris? No. That's, that, what about you, I, Kyle? I, yeah, I love it. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. I will say that I I really love the freaking opening line to this song. We uh, we knew you'd hate this before we wrote it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and then I love the little uh, the falsetto you before before they start rocking out. Uh, that's a lot of fun. So yeah, and it's uh, it's for talk about. Um, you talked about the other one being a a, a, a not. What what'd you call it? What'd you call the the love? For, uh, a prophecy. A prophecy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is definitely prophetic in the yeah. sense of like talking about internet trolls before they really became the troll. You know, I mean, like you know, now that's all the internet is. I feel like is trolls, and right. this is just talking about the very first of that. You know, uh, on the internet, which is. I think interesting because I, now you can't, you know, now we're like, you know, whatever, give, getting people fired for the things on the, I don't mean, know, it's right. just weird. No, internet it's mobs Twitter are is, weird. It's just, it, well, it's yeah. Internet mob. Imagine going back in time and be like, not only are there trolls, but there's people that set up entire armies of bots <laughs> yeah. that just troll you and you argue with them and then you realize like you might be arguing with a robot. It's yeah. weird. It's very strange and this is kind of just the very tip of that iceberg. Right. Uh, this song that we're seeing. It, this uh, they I saw think one it. of the 
Did you see there was an article where there's like dispute, like if this is a first song with email address. I've heard that. Yes. (laughs) There's no way it is. No, but it's definitely the most like well-known song that I'm aware of that has mentioned email address. And the alias. I mean, it's just funny. It's like uh, I read an interview with him where he said something along. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but basically, you know, before the internet, if a band I liked did something I didn't like, I'd go to their show and ask them why they did that or something. But all of a sudden you had this like anonymity when the internet came along where you didn't, you know, you could just say whatever you wanted, uh, and you know, negative more often than positive. I feel like, uh, for whatever reason, the internet makes us more negative. I feel, I feel like than we are to sing the praises of something. Um, and yeah, it is, it was a weird switch that kind of flipped around this time. So good subject matter that I think, I think is certainly more relevant than I would have thought when you have a, Mm. you know, a song that has the word, you know, email address that sounds like it's going to date something and it should probably, but it didn't because well, one, the technology is still very much the same. Like we're still using email. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Uh, every day, unfortunately, but you know, at the same time, all of the like attitude that's going on within here works too. Like it's not, it's the same. Um, so it actually is the rare, you know, but when someone talks about a flip phone, you're just like, well, that could only be, or yeah, (laughs) if you said MySpace in a song, yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be bad. But, uh, so they got a little lucky with that email has not gone away, I guess. I mean, you know, lucky in the only sense that we can be. Uh, Okay. Well, so let's go to track four. We're at the top of the world. You know, we we always toss around the idea of recording the video of us doing this podcast, too, so we could do a little video clips. But I never do it because, like, I don't have time to put yeah. that stuff together. I really wish we would have done it this way because Chris had quite the dance <laughs> while listening to that clip. It was more than air drumming. It was, I'm going to try to find a gif of something similar to dance. I wasn't fast enough on the trigger to get a screen grab going. But I wanted to anyway. Well, I'll, I'll try to find the, the most closely resembled uh, GIF of a similar dance uh, for the show notes. We'll try to put that in there. Um, Chris, I think you have to go first because because of the dance. I, okay, I'm, I'm not going to talk a lot about this because I really want to hear what Kyle thinks of the song. Um, I'm just going to say that like if you were to write a blueprint for this song on paper, like you would get laughed out of the room. Everyone would be like, no, that's, that is stupid. Everyone's going to hate us. This is not going to work. I mean, it's, it, it feels almost sappier than like a Backstreet Boys song. And for some reason, it works perfectly. That's how I feel about it. I love this song, um, but I, I'm not sure why. Chris, I think you're right. I should have probably gone to Kyle first. So Kyle, um, what are your thoughts on it? Because I am curious. You now you remember hearing no, I, the song, I, right? I, this yeah, is one that do. I remember. Right. And, right. That's and why we yeah. did. Okay, so but like, yeah. I do. I love this song. I think it's awesome. And and so like, I mean, it is 
is it a bold move to say shalala so many times? Hells yeah. Like that is a lot of shalala. It's a lot of like them. for sure. If we if the three of us were in the studio and Chris was like, okay, Blake, Kyle, <laughs> I've got these lyrics. I'm super proud of them. Let's just roll the tape, but here they are. You can read over them real quick. I for sure would be like, how do I tell him not to do this? <laughs> but it works. And yeah, because I probably would have told you I, I, if that exact scenario came up, I'd be like, you've got to make the first line a lyric, and you could, and then Shalalas could follow it every time. Right. But I would not have just let you sing Shalalala <laughs> for the chorus on double choruses. But um, Shalalala is clearly a feeling. It right? is, and, and and but you're right. It totally works, and I would have been against it if, so, and I would have been wrong. I, I promise you, I, I would have been wrong. So I also have a very weird note for this one. Okay, um, I ended up watching the music video for this. Did you have you guys seen it? I have not. Okay, so it's actually a freaking cool music video. You should watch it because you could play it today. Like, it, there's nothing. There's nothing. Um, it feels very contemporary. Like, uh, but the weirdest thing about it is, and I'm going to sound like such a poser here because I'm not really a fan of the genre at all, but he looks exactly like the, his makeup and everything. He looks exactly like this old man from the Rob Zombie horror movies, the devil's rejects. I'm trying to remember is like captain, captain Spaulding or something. Anyway, uh, I hate scary movies, so like it's not like I'm into that. But he, it, I mean, yeah. I, he looks exactly like that in the music video. He's all like gothed out and start. He starts the video starts with him being like he's singing a metal song and filming a, a metal music video, and then when he's done, he pops on these headphones and this this happy song is on, and he's just like loving the outdoors and in this still in this like Marilyn Manson. That's Crazy. a funny video idea. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, you, you should check it out. Um, okay, we'll put it in but, the show notes Yeah, after so, I watch it, for sure. Excellent song, and for sure, uh, just... It's, I feel like it's such, a, it's such a trendy thing for people to say now, but this song is a vibe. It's more, it's more than a yeah. song. It's, it's a feeling, so... It absolutely is, which is why it made Chris's mixtape and all of, I mean, mine, more, certainly more than one did I is, use Is it that a on. Sacred Heart song? Did we did we determine that oh, last time? Oh, man. I, that, is it too much? It's or, too much. It's too yeah, on the nose yeah. for a TV show. You couldn't put this in the background of a TV show because it's yeah. like, it would overwhelm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't top this with a visual image. Yeah. You can't. That's why you have to go that route with the video. You have to make it funny and quirky yeah. because... You couldn't make any other video probably because uh, it's like it's it's it. Yeah. And it's just all one emotion the whole time. It's, you know, right here the whole time. Um, that's those are all. Yeah. So I don't know if I go Sacred Heart uh, for this one. I think uh, Into the Dark might have been that award and we just didn't talk about it or I didn't think about it. That, that I never remember it. this award till it's I know we always forget night, until I'm staring at you guys. Yeah, I'm it's like, not one that we ask about, so it's just, you know, you just got to you got to throw it, it out there. Yeah, you got to feel it. I mean, so for me, the guitar I oh, I've got so many no I never write notes. I don't never. I have little bitty notes sometimes. Uh, but gosh, this one, the harp I couldn't pick 30 seconds. It was really hard cuz you're Chris, you're right. They like wrote it. They were like it sounds like 
you know, it's like one of those things that you see an article now where it's like, AI drew a picture of what it thinks, whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's what it's like. That would be the structure of this song would be like, AI writes perfect pop song or, but, uh, but we'd all laugh at it. That's, that's what the equivalent of it now is. And like, you're absolutely right. That's what it feels like if you just think about it, but it, it works. It's just such a good pop song. The guitar part that harmonizing with the, that's harmonizing with the vocal line at the end of each chorus. So, uh, it just, it's too good. Like I can't. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then then it goes to the sixties beat, you know, like boom, 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 which is like also so good. Like I can't. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, they really went, but if you're like, if you're like, I'm going to play like a Ringo's Beatles thing, I'd be like, dude, get out of here. No one's going (laughs) to listen to that crap. You're an idiot. And it just freaking worked. The whole song's a chorus, the entire song. It's like you can't. It's like, what is the chorus? The whole thing's a chorus. Like the the verses sound like choruses. You know, we're at the top of the world. I mean, it's like it doesn't. He goes up to that next thing. I mean, he's all like the range of where how it builds up, and then the shalalas again. It seems like there should be too many, but yep. there aren't. It just it never stops. Like the other thing that's interesting is like the whole. I don't know it's first of all, we haven't talked at all about the fact that this album is called emotion is dead. You couldn't have a better, right? Like kind of like just poster child for the genre yeah. uh, of emo for than for an album to be called emotion is dead. And you know, the, I feel like the whole genre was this like stereotype or stereotype, sorry, of boys whining about girls, not talking to them or whatever. I mean, it was like very, None of it felt very weighty. Does that make sense? Not none of it, but you know, most of it was not, no, it wasn't like it was, I don't know. And even when bands tried to stretch for that, like, I don't like that yellow card on lights and sounds decided like, we're going to write an anti-war song. It's like, it just doesn't work for what the level of the rest of what only one's lyrics are or something. And I love yellow card. I love him as a lyricist. I love, it's like, I'm just saying like, you know, we weren't always talking about anything that was, you know, I think it was a fair stereotype to say that it was pretty unserious subject matter. It was, you know, pretty, it, you know, it's not country sad for sure, which is the, you know, as far as genres go, that's the best if you're going to go sad songs. But, but this is like, no, we're going to go, this is like on the opposite end of that spectrum so much, but I love that they just went full bubblegum with it. You're right. It could be like a Backstreet Boys song almost. And Dude, this is not bubblegum. This is shrooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, Oh, my God. Somebody tweet that out from the fighting. Oh, I'm the Twitter guy. I'll tweet it. It's great. <laughs> and, you know, the best love songs are obviously anytime. The best love songs are heartbreak songs, really, in my opinion, yep. for the most part. And even and the ones that are still love songs, I think the best ones are like when you're in the thick of it. It's like that I've, I think this was also on the Valentine's day episode that now they call whatever eager seas, but lakes at the time, um, that Indian lover song is, I think the, one of the best love songs ever written. It's just like the it lyrics is on the are mix so tape, right. Yeah. It's on the mixtape okay. and I talked about it then, but it's just like, I love that, that that's when you get a great love song. It's like when you're really in it together, this is like 
date one. This is what this song, like if this song, <laughs> the vibe for this song is the, the like staying up all night with, you know, the, you asked the hottie talking. out, they said yes. And you, yeah. And you go like, I mean, you know, I remember doing that. You whatever be on instant messenger or go to a park and literally just like hang out till five in the morning. You know, I don't know. This is that vibe, um, which is fun. Um, that's, it's a fun thing to, especially now looking back, you know, it's like I'm, we're all 40 ish and, um, been married a long time and I love it. It's a great, uh, part of the relationship, but this is that fun. That is that, this is, this song was written during the first two weeks of a relationship. There's no, yeah. or at least it was thinking back to the first two weeks of a relationship. Right. This isn't even past month one, uh, Where, for and sure. Kids, that's just your body fooling you with chemicals. Don't, yeah. don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe it. Uh, no, do believe it. It's uh, it's great. It's a super fun part just, of a relationship, but it's Just it's like not... in Juliana Theory's career, love eventually dies. Love <laughs> oh, eventually kills everything. No. I don't know. Somebody Ouch. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good, though. Good segue. All right, let's go to track five and stop gushing about uh, We're at the Top of the World, perfect pop song as it may be, uh, and go to track five. Is Patient Still Waiting? Is patience still Kyle, where are you at on uh, track five? Dude, so really, really like this song. Uh, this is the one, and I knew I knew it was a shot in the dark that that the clip would have it, especially because it involves screaming. But this br- the bridge on this on this freaking song, it rocks. But what's insane about it, and I don't know if you guys remember this. So this is 2000. I instantly went and looked this up. Another band that was huge in the genre. This sounds the 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 bridge, the screaming heavy bridge on this song sounds exactly like what it is to burn by Finch. Like melodically, like you listen to the intro of that song, it is the same. And this song came out two years before, so I'm like, there's no freaking way they didn't hear this song. There's no way oh. they didn't hear this album. I mean. Absolutely. It's not, a and also excellent song. I mean, I think this that would this this is the perfect case of like of someone being inspired and taking something good and yeah. making something good from it. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not no. trying to say that they're you know stealing, but they for sure were inspired by that bridge. I there's a lot of that it. stuff on this album. Yeah. yeah. Hear, oh, de- I, definitely. I like, heard this time around going like, wow, like they, who did that first? Because yep. it's very similar. Um, that's a good note. Chris, what about you? Uh, dude, Kyle said it best. Uh, you know, my, my notes are pretty simple on this one. Uh, bridge is really nice. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's the best part. The, the other parts of the song are just, they're not bad, but you know, it it's so much good stuff has happened. I actually you know, did have it in the first, I recorded a clip and had and uh, it caught the scream at the end. And I was or like, oh, no, it caught the scream in the middle. I forgot it was coming or something. I thought it was somewhere else in the song. And I was like, no, I'm not doing the screaming part. Of the <laughs> yeah. And I just did another clip. Sorry. 
Um, you know, you know There's that. No way you could have known. Still didn't like the screaming back even now. I mean, you know, still don't like screaming. So I could, I could take that. You know, but whatever, it's fine. It's it's not a big deal. But I do. This is the song where I go, ooh, I'm really, really missing a good guitar tone because the guitar yeah. parts are awesome. Yeah, and it's definitely a rocker, and it's just so skinny, digital, metallic mm-hmm. kind of sounding. And I could be wrong, and I, this was just badly mic'd and digital preamp. No. Um, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it's all pod stuff. And yep. and uh, it bums, that bums me out because I think this song would be just much better with, um, you know, real real amps. And and that's really the only thing I would change. I really like it. It's a good song. I would even leave the screaming in if I could just get some real amps. Uh, I haven't missed it a ton because, um, you know, we've got we've had some cleaner tones on some of these earlier songs. And this is kind of the first one that really has only like high distortion guitars. And man, we did not have that just that digital distortion. Like there's just like they're just now they getting to the point where they yeah. sound great. Um, and in 2000, they did not. They sounded not like tube amps um, and there's that's just something i still love even though the digital stuff is awesome my pedal board is set up now with like most of the time i'm running a digital amp the whole time i'm not you know lugging around a tube amp i mean i do for the real rock shows but um you know it's uh it's cool but it was not in 2000 and it makes me a little sad so but other than that good song it just i i want it to sound better now that's that's what sucks it's like i was super nostalgic for this album and i love these songs and you know it just i wish it sounded a little better but okay let's go to emotion is dead part one It does that for a while. I mean, I don't know if right. y'all have any notes <laughs> on Emotions Dead Part One. Uh, if you do, jump in and tell me because I really don't. It's just kind of it's a it's a record flip song basically. Yeah. Uh, the only note I have is that the song that's coming is really great, and so the <laughs> anticipation that builds is uh, I'm like, hey, cool, I'll take it. Um, I, I think that part's nice because I always listen to this because I would I'd be like getting so excited about the next track. That's very true. This is a great intro for the next song. I like when someone does, I like when someone does this with purpose. I don't like when it's just a random instrumental song in the middle of a record, but this does segue super well into the next song very purposely. And, and it does make the anticipation for the start of the next song better. Um, So they did that well, but yeah, it's, it's probably a little, Maybe a little long, Kyle. I, I I actually, I really enjoyed this. I just wish they would have put some lyrics to it. Because if you think at this time in music, uh, you know, back then we were calling it industrial or techno, right? Like um, it wasn't uncommon. And actually there was a lot of experimentation happening with techno and rock music. You have uh, the Spawn soundtrack, 
the Lost Highway soundtrack, the Smashing Pumpkins a few years later get into their electronic uh, influenced albums, right? Like that this isn't so strange. So like just freaking sing on it and let it be a song because there's a couple more elements like this on this record. And honestly, I know we're not going to talk about it till later, but I I had kind of hoped that that maybe that was the direction that they evolved um, yeah. on the next record. And I thought maybe that's why you guys hated it. And I just had no clue until I listened. And it definitely didn't. It They definitely didn't go that direction. But there was some of that. I mean, that was some of my disappointment. And we'll talk man. about that more later. But it like the things I loved about this record just got abandoned on yeah. the next one, essentially. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that was definitely part of it, Kyle. But I, here's the thing. I I actually don't wish there were lyrics because it makes it would make the last track make way less sense. I I this it makes it that's part of like what makes this whole thing feel like an album is kind of, you know, this is in the middle and it's connected to the end and they did a good job of kind of weaving this album together from songs that could have otherwise felt very disjointed. So I kind of like it as an instrumental thing in the middle. I don't even know if I'd shorten it. I maybe said that just it's a little repetitive. I might have tried to do a little bit more, but it's easy for me to say because I've got digital editing and they did not. Uh, I mean, they had some, but, you know, not <laughs> not completely. But, yeah, there's just some bad. There's also some production where it's like blown out. It's just a, it's doesn't sound great, even though a lot of it's digital. So but it's a cool thing. I like it in the middle of the record. I like the. Like I said, once again, recording quality is bothering me, but I like the song, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go to number seven, uh, which of course is what Chris was talking about. If I told you this was killing me, would you stop? Man, good song. It's uh, quite the rocker. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, man, this I think the song is great, and I think I think it's great in spite of the you know small sounding guitars um, and even I guess the quality uh, of this record. And I I don't want to I don't really want to focus on that or slam on it because. Um, like it really does. It doesn't shine in spite of those things. It still shines. Like it's still really good. I yeah. do. I I think that. Um, man, I'm really impressed by his vocal because it's just out there and by itself a lot of the times, and it sounds great. I lo- I love the way this dude's voice sounds. I kind of wish, kind of wish I had his voice. Well, they and made the right move by not overproducing the vocals on this track. Yeah. It really is yeah. like a the, just him singing very raw, very raw. Um, which totally fits the mood of the song, obviously. Um, and I think you're right. It shows off. Well, I think they both show off his skill set as a vocalist. You're right. Cause like doing all those harmonies stacked on top of each other is, is not easy. Um, especially because 
uh, in 2000 going to DATS, I'm guessing not much, if any, auto-tune is being used. Um, that's still outboard <laughs> freaking yeah. gear at that point. Right. Um, maybe on some background vocals and stuff. But I hear imperfections in all this, which I like. I, right. I like imperfections yeah. in vocals, especially. And yeah, this it freaking sh- his voice shines on this. I agree. It's like nice to have it just like right there where you're like, yeah, I can freaking sing. Um, and it's a good, fun, angry rock song. Chris, did you guys cover this one time? You and Danny? I, I don't know if that's a fair representation of what of what took place. <laughs> I think. Did we play okay. these notes and these lyrics? Yes. Oh, no, so here's the thing. I was not in the band at the time. It was so when do you bad. think that happened? When you guys did that? Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, Is it 2000? Oh, it was like 2000. I think it was at that church, that big church that was on Classen that burned down. Oh, yeah, the attic or whatever yeah. they called it. No, no, no. Uh, no. The, the, the sanctuary. Oh, sanctuary, okay. Yeah, it was with JT in the band. It was it was very early, yeah. Uh, I mean, because I remember seeing you guys play that song, um, yeah. and I'm trying tries. to remember if that was the introduction to this band. I think it oh, might maybe. have been, yeah. But I remember it being awesome. Well, so thank you. <laughs> I now I don't like I, said, I can't remember where it was or what year it was. I remember being impressed by it and liking the cover. But I, I'm trying to remember if it's because I already had the album or not, and I don't know for sure because it would that would work out for you to be yeah. like. Like, what was that song? And like, you'd be oh, like, oh, man. it's this Juliana Theory band. And yeah. you'd be like, because I'm sure it piqued my entrance. I'm like, I, I remember you covering it. Because I was like, I'm yeah. not wrong about this. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Which, so good to know. By the way, if you cover this song, all you do when you're playing the drums is just like, you're just like, oh, pretty soon is the soapbox line. Pretty soon is the soapbox line. Don't mess gonna, up. Oh, you don't mess up. Don't mess up. <laughs> Which is a, was a surefire way for Chris to mess up back in oh, the day. Yeah, he yeah. gave himself uh, yeah. his own panic attack. That's right. Hey, it, playing uh, playing this tempo did not happen very easily for me. No, I don't think because you never played this slow <laughs> back then. Yeah, yeah. I'm this sure would have been, and I'm you sure were we not. Played it pretty fast. This was pre-click. Uh, yeah. before any of us knew what a click was, for sure, uh, we did not stay on one tempo for yeah. a whole song in 2000, for sure. Yeah, it's a cool rock song. I'm yeah. I'm into and it. It's so and angsty. Like when every song's about like girlfriends and boyfriends and yeah. being in love, and this song's just about like I want to tell you how much I dislike you, and just like how angry you made me. Just Was, songs about integrity and like, yeah, I love it. Don't quote me on this one either, Chris. Uh, was this an inspiration for you writing "Give Me a Reason"? Uh, this and lyrically. Um, uh, well, it, go, go back and listen to the tune of 5,000 Children Screaming, yeah. and you'll hear, do, you do, you do. I just flipped it. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never noticed that. I didn't, now, now it wasn't something where I listened to that song and went like, I'm going to flip it. But like now, like I, it took me a few years, and I was like, oh, I obviously drew some major inspiration from that song. Um, but yes, definitely like singing about. like Being uh, angry about something. Right. Yeah. Which we, uh, you know, won't say what you're angry about. <laughs> Just labels uh, being yeah, labels. Yeah. yeah. Which is what uh, um, we've talked about before, though. Well, I'm pretty it's sure been, that's what 
a lot that some of these songs are about too. Yeah, I think yeah, for sure. I know they Everybody had a hated testy, the music industry back. They did then. not have a great relationship with Tooth and Nail, uh, which we didn't cover much, but it didn't it didn't go great. Yeah. Um, go read with, any article. Yeah, read any <laughs> article about it. Uh, it wasn't great. Yeah. Labels are uh, kind of tricky, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. I'm into it. Let's go to track eight. We are nothing without you. Chris, let's go to you first. What are your thoughts? We're right in the middle of the album here. Anyone else think this could be a B-side on the album Jesus Freak by DC Talk? <laughs> it could definitely be a B-side. I think it's kind of the weakest one on the record. And yeah, it does sound kind so of like a, a DC Talk B-side. <laughs> it's like definitely a 90s jam though, right? I would I would rather listen to this than a DC Talk <laughs> song. This hey. is, yeah, Sorry, it's Mom. not. It's definitely not. Um, it's, Jesus, uh, Jesus Freak is a banger. Fight me. <laughs> it is a banger. They had a few bangers. Yeah. Uh yeah, I yeah, I'm it's just kind of very nine it is very nineties. Um and uh, it just doesn't do much for me. But I, I yeah, I did I listened to the chanting thing a hundred yeah. times. I could not I can't figure out what they're saying. Anyone have any clue? Oh, no, I've nope. got the lyrics up okay. in front of me. Um, I do like the I like the uh I do like the low harmony though. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of that always almost like yeah so. no and there's stuff in the song I like it's just that, you know as far as compared to the rest of it it's cool too yeah I like that there's a synth in it there's some cool stuff going on in it um it's just fine it's just fine it's yeah. you know it's not it's just fine I like I that. don't skip it I don't skip it either it's yeah. not a uh it's just in the middle of the record I do really I, like listen to this as a record like it feels like a oh, record um yes, 100%. and I I like listen to it like that so I'm not skipping it it's fine I like it um. All right, well, let's go to uh, track what nine. What you want or, is what you get, by the way. Good call. I don't know why I didn't Google it. Yeah, uh. there you go. <laughs> Google works pretty well uh, most of the time. All right, let's go track nine. Something isn't right here. Something isn't right in this world called confusion. You gave it all away before you could lose it. Something isn't right here. You talk about some <laughs> opposites. Yep. I mean, this is the opposite what? of if I told you this was killing me, would you stop? Right? Yes. This is a Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Boys song. song. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it I really mean, is. At at best, like as far as genre goes, it's like it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a um, all American rejects slow song. It you know what I mean? Right, yeah, right, it's right. kind of got that vibe. Uh, but definitely didn't expect it. But I do. I like this song. Oh, I got. I love it. 
a thousand percent the rejects were inspired by this band by the way like oh totally it must have killed them too when they got big they were like you were basically doing our playbook right down to the dats Really? I mean, I'm not exaggerating in the sense that keep, uh, the other thing we didn't mention earlier that they were doing is like drum machines live and yeah. and stuff. And no one was doing that. And, you know, they Ty and Nick are like, hey, look, we could we don't need two other people. <laughs> we can freaking do yeah. this. And because Nick can play everything on a record. And they did. And they recorded their I think their first record was to Dats, too. Um and yep, one so year, one year later, so the time, one year later, oh, sorry, two years later, uh, two or two years, years later. yeah, 2002, that one comes out. So, I mean, yeah, they're definitely influenced by that. I remember, I was it you, I think this could be an unfair representation. I remember something saying that Tyson said he was they were mostly influenced by like 80s stuff. I totally, I might believe that from Nick, yeah. but like, I definitely think uh, Tyson was, was influenced by this record majorly like it has to be there's all sorts of stuff and it's great i'm not dogging it i like that they took it and did their thing with it and it's cool um but yeah this is it this record does not get enough credit for for doing some of that stuff um a couple years before other people were and um that's a bummer i think and and i think kyle let's talk just a little bit more about that just cause I think this is a good song to talk about it with. I mean, cause they're going all in on the like kind of pop ballad thing. And how do you, I don't know. Like what, what do you do? What do you think? Do you think that's, I mean, do you, you like the song? You think it works on the album? I, I, you know, I don't know that I've thought about it like that. I, I don't, I think I don't care. I just like it. <laughs> I do too. And that's how I, I feel about it. And I yeah. can see why, but I can see why people were like dogging on Whoa. this a little bit, yeah. like more than the other stuff. And, but I do really, I really like the song. I, cause it kind of reminds me of like a, um, Billy Joel, yeah. uh, doo-woppy. No, it's not doo-woppy at all, but like that kind of influence boys to men sure. like that's I, which i realize is like boys to men is the original boy band and then all the other guys just stole everything that they did um yep. but this is very much like the it makes me feel like that and i like that kind of stuff i it's the the thing that bothers me the most about it is that the strumming on the choruses just feels like the most basic like yeah. that's the that's the pattern you strum um, when you learn to play guitar, basically. <laughs> and I think that's my least favorite thing about the song. Other than that, I'm fine with just having an acoustic and the vocals and the harmonies. I'm fine with all of that. I'm fine with the ooze and I'm fine with all of that. I just really hate the strumming pattern on the chorus. It's yeah, a really I mean, picky thing. I, I could see that dude. I, it, my mind instantly went to, I, and, and it's because I, I have, uh, I have hindsight with all of these bands, but I immediately thought, man, this is this this could be an all American reject song. Yeah. I think you're totally right. I think it absolutely could be it's uh, they would have done more than just the acoustic, probably. Yeah. They would have put a little bit more on there. But here again, again, we're talking budget. This is a great budget song. Yeah. Because you can yep. I think is this the one that he recorded in his house? 
I, I looked this up earlier and I can't remember I, now. I feel like you got one yeah, of you guys. That's right. Said, yeah, isn't the, right something's here, right so, here is yeah. in uh, point, pointer, Pointer's house. Yeah, and so that makes sense. Yeah. It's just you know you mic up an acoustic and then you do all those vocals. You need a closet to record vocals like that. Um, so budget, super budget friendly. It's kind of like, uh, uh, what do they call them? Bottle episodes in TV where the, it's <laughs> right. all in one, one location the whole time. Yep, the fly with, in, with two uh, characters. Yeah. Bad. The fly is breaking bad's version of it. Um, this is like that. It's like a bottle episode for an album when you've got a super low budget. I can't imagine how low the budget was for this record. Um, I bet they didn't get 10 grand. Oh, oh man. No I mean, I, I would love to have Brett on this show i've got questions yeah i would love to know what their budget was so little like what could you have done i don't know because i am complaining about how it doesn't it doesn't sound great but it's because of the technology that it didn't sound great it's like we weren't there digital was didn't sound great yet uh didn't sound like analog you know didn't have warmth to it and stuff but their execution of like everything is great like i just wish it was going through a tape at the time um but yeah, I think it's a nice little three-part harmonies are always cool. I'm always into a three-part harmony. I'm fine with it. Uh, Kyle, sorry you missed Jukebox the Ghost because that's all they do uh. is three-part harmony. I don't love it. Um, so yeah, uh, I like it. I think it's a good little ballad, and I don't. I can see why people gave it crap. Totally understand it, but I like it. I don't care. Unapologetic. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Just pleasures. Okay. <laughs> Track 10, uh, Understand the Dream is Over. I would also like to inject uh, Fallout Boy with some truth serum because there's no way this song didn't influence freaking almost everything that Fallout Boy does. Sure. Yep. I mean, right you can almost nose, like man. you can like write the pattern out. You go to halftime. Yep. I mean, and it's great. I love it all. I'm not bashing on Fallout Boy. Oh, yeah. I love that they. But that's what's so interesting about this is that we're going like there's a like a song comes on and we're like this song influenced this band yeah. and then there's yeah. another song where like this song influenced this totally other different band and it's just like it, it's just like a pop punk song like oh let's just slide this in at the end i, I don't i don't know how they pulled this off more, more guitar scratches <laughs> yeah. by the way oh, so oh yeah more guitar scratches i mean the right off the bat we get like a harmonizing guitar lead line over the the vocals that's like playing with the vocal so well. I mean, the that's awesome. Like the way yeah. the vocals and the guitar line are going in the verses, I freaking love it. Um, and the chorus, both of them, like it's just, it's very cool. I'm into this yeah. song and I'm into the things that it also influenced. Um, yeah. What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to say anything you didn't, like to add anything you haven't already said, but I just think it's really cool that, you know, there's kind of a pop punk song hiding at the end. I'm repeating myself, but you know, th- those are, those are my notes. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a great tune. It's, it's weird because they, 
they don't go this pop punk on any other song and then they kind of just tuck this at the end um but you know it's a little more upbeat a little more up tempo but, but i think they trick album- you i think they trick you by doing like a 80s metal lead line harmonizing oh, yeah. guitars over just a bass there's no right. rhythm guitar on those choruses it, dude, it's just know, a gritty cool. bass and it sounds um, but that's how they trick you into thinking it's not punk but it's like or something it's it's a cool like what what i love about this song is this whole album is written like uh, like a written like a perfect concert like you could play this from track one to the end we'll get to the, the end song obviously in a second and it, it takes you on this like whole journey so Love it. Yeah. And I had to start that one from the beginning. It's a great, yeah. just like, no, it's just, a good right. so we just had like that super sappy thing and then kick and then just right into that thing that again, the whole, it's kind of a weird, um, there's kind of like, that's like an A verse. And then there's right. like a B verse, which is like of such a fallout boy thing, right? Where they have these two things that are like totally different parts, but neither one of them are the chorus yet. Um, yeah. Right. You know, that's a total fallout boy thing. And, uh, I love it here. It's really great. Um, yep. just a really good song. And like most people would have this at like track two, you know, we're like, this is tucked at the back of the album, back of the album. You know, we're on the back end right. of it. Um, yeah, I know this is where you usually hide the bad song. Right. Yeah. This is where I would expect like the lull slip to be, in a turd. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a 13 track album, this is like where I would think that's going to be is like the bad tracks are in the nine, 10, 11 range and right, like yeah. track 10 here. We got freaking killer tune. Um, I like it. Okay. Let's go to uh track. Oh, oh wait, I, oh. I was, I, I didn't go, but oh, I don't go. have much to say. I was just going to say, I'm going to add to your fallout boy. And I even hear like a little bit of yellow card in it. Um, yeah. but, but what I was going to say is, I think what's so cool about it, it being the only song that sounds like this, Blake, you mentioned it in the, I think it was you in the, in the very beginning, like they clearly are just playing what they want in this band. Yeah. And there, and like, there's something to that, right? Like sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you're just like, nah, that, that you shouldn't have put this on here. This, this sucks. I feel like every single song on this record, I, they're vibing on it. They're, they ha- they they were enjoying themselves. They were playing the music that they wanted. And knowing that they were in uh, Zeo, that, that, that just tells me even more that for sure this was like therapeutic, right? You're in this extremely heavy metal band and then, and then you put something like this out. They're just playing fun, upbeat music of all kinds. And um, I, I love this. I wish I would have figured that out sooner. Like, <laughs> right. you know, know what I mean? I, yeah. I, because I know in two, I'm younger, obviously in 2000, I'm, you know, 17, uh, and just starting to write songs and stuff like that. I just remember being very real hard on not just myself, but like, uh, no, I can't do that. Or that's not right. It wasn't even like for fear of it not being cool. It was just like, it was either, oh, that's, that sounds old. I don't know. It's just like, there was some reason to not do all sorts of things. And even if I liked them and yeah, I, or I can't do this. Right. Right. Oh yeah. I, that, I all the time. Do. I can't yeah. pull that off is what yeah, I would exactly. say all the time. I can't pull that There's off. no way I can pull that off. And I really wish that I would have, if, you know, if I could go back in time and just shake myself and say like, Hey dude, just like do whatever you want. Like yep. listen to other people for sure. Like if Chris, if I did something and Chris was like, ah, I don't know. I don't think you should. Same thing. It's like, we had that 
kind of band relationship where that was like we needed each other to tell each other when it was a bad idea. <laughs> like, no, that's but when actually. Things are, but when you're genuine, it always yeah. sounds good. I agree. Dude, awesome things can happen when you don't give a crap. Yeah. When you're just. Yes. When you're just making something to make it, like yep. awesome things can happen. Yeah. Kyle Shaline, who was like the most sage-like person in my entire life, he always said, he, he would just say, Chris, just write a song. Like, what do you mean? He'd be like, just don't care. Just don't care. Just be like, I'm going to write a song. And I, I did it a few times. The best stuff that ever came out to me, out of me was because I was just like, oh, it'd be fun to do this. And just blah, blah, blah. And Tom Petty has a similar quote, like you don't have to chase down the good ones. Like they just kind of, oh yeah, who's yeah. out of you. Um, and then when you're thinking of when you get in your head, it, it's the same in like work, same yeah, in IT, everything, same yep. in sports. It's all the same. Like yeah, yeah, there really are some head games there. But I mean, I I think that they were clearly very comfortable. And you're right, it was almost probably yeah. you're right. Therapy, Kyle. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's like a, it's a good good way to look at. This it. is a fun outlet for um and. We, that's yeah. what it was because they were in the other bands like taking themselves so damn seriously. Oh, yeah. dude. And this one was like, let's just screw around. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I like that they just went for whatever sounded good. Harmonizing guitars. Yeah, let's do it. Synthesizer. Yeah, let's do it. Drum machines. Fine. Tons of layered harmonies. Great. Um, oohs and ahs and shalalas. Great. You know what I mean? Like they, I can't, they didn't seem to hold back anything. It just, it feels like they threw everything. They tried anything and they probably all agreed that, yeah, sounds cool. Let's do it. Um, Oohs and ahs and shalalas. Yeah. I, I like that, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a good, that'd be a good, uh, like something, something in the shalalas. Is that yeah. taken? That could work. <laughs> all right, let's talk about track 11. This is your life. Here we go. I feel like they got closer with the guitar sounds on this track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still not quite there, but like they got closer. I think some of it's because of the wall and stuff going on, but um, yeah, another kind of good, fun rocker. Kyle, where you at on it? Dude, I love this song. Yeah, I think it's, it's awesome. I mean, dude, this one, uh, I'll just tell you again, go listen to show off. They sound like show off in an awesome way. Yeah. Like freaking this song is awesome. Awesome. What um, uh, is there an album we should listen to from? Well, Sherlock? I think that there, I think I, yeah, I was gonna say I think there's only one released unless they put that Trombino one out. Um, it, it just vocally and I and also probably production okay. wise is is why I'm like yeah they we sound will, the same. Uh, we'll throw it in the show notes. Actually, uh, something that's we'll interesting about it. it is I think felt I think it's the first band Feldman produced. Oh, outside of the fact check Feldfinger. that maybe so during like the next. He, clip he he cut his teeth on show off um but yeah you should check it out also i anytime a band can can push that two babies into three babies oh baby baby it, baby 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 i'm a fan of that so uh very great much song. 
reminds me of um, Ultraviolet by U2, uh, or oh. just even that whole album. I think they yeah. just they called it Action Baby because they were like, we figured out we said baby like a thousand times in the lyrics of this record. <laughs> so it seems like we probably <laughs> needed to work it into the album title. But yeah, get the three babies in there. And it also, now I can't hear a baby song without thinking of Baby Driver and how great that movie right. is. What a great And specifically the yeah. scene with them in the diner. And she's like, well, you've got all the songs, you know, your name's yep. Baby. Um, that's Edgar Wright is a genius. Um, that movie's phenomenal. Um, that. yeah, uh, it's a great song. And like I said, we're at the part of the album. Gosh, this would be, this could be right at the top of the record. It's yeah. so good. Uh, but yeah. it also feels like it's in the right place here. Like I'm not, yep. uh, it feels like the right song before we go into, uh, the last track. Uh, do y'all have any other thoughts on this is your life, Chris? I just think that my favorite part of the album is that they kick this song off with the chorus. And if you listen, you have to listen very closely. But after the last baby, you can hear that, that, but it's like super, super faint. Like they hit it like way down in the mix. It's like my favorite part of the album. And I love that you were you were kind of pumping your fist during that. The, the <laughs> yells leading into the chorus. Oh, that's yeah. a great part. Um, yeah. I had to get that on the clip. It's a good, good, good clip. Just a like, good, good feel clip. good song. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just feel this. I want to see them so bad live now because I hope that they've gotten yeah. over themselves and they play these songs again. I wish that they would have played the tour date with Andrew and Dashboard. Uh, yeah, I I would like to see them again too because I, I, I'm sure they're at, reading the kind of retrospect interview with him. I think that love was in a weird time for them just for lots of reasons. And, um, and that was the product of it. But yeah, this is, a this, I think Kyle might be more of the sacred heart song. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think this could could be it. I could give it that. That could work. Yeah. It just has the right feel, especially, especially those verses. I could definitely see the verse working uh, on an episode of scrubs. All right, let's go to the last track, which is, or not the last track, the last song yeah, really yeah. on the record, but not track. You always say good night. Good night. really goes for it on that last note there (laughs) kyle (laughs) okay so i've been excited to share this note with you guys and i don't know that we've ever talked about this band but like great song uh man when this outro bridge whatever you want to call it kicks in it it kind of shocks you the first time like whoa i mean it's excellent yeah but i don't know if either of you listen to freaking foxy shazam at all i have not Oh, Eric, ever since Eric the Nally, song, yeah. the lead. I mean, he sounds just like him right there. And mm-hmm. this is 10 years before a Foxy's Shazam record. Sounds exactly like him. And dude is like just such a killer front man. So I'm not saying he took his sound from this because he 
probably didn't at all. But uh, like when this kicked in, I was like, holy crap, did Foxy's Shazam just kidnap Juliana Theory and take over in the studio? Because that's what it sounded like. Too many that would be quite the plot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like at the end of Hey Jude. Uh, yeah. When 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 freaking Paul goes off. Just and goes you're like, off. It and is kind of like, like that. And you're like, did did uh, Steven Tyler just break into the studio? Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that. That's a great analogy for yeah, that. Like um, that, because that is kind of a fun thing when someone really kind of lets loose, and this is what Surprises that sounds you. like. And yeah, again, it, like uh, on paper, like if he were to email <laughs> yeah, and don't be like, do that. "Hey, rest of the band, <laughs> I'm going to do like this operetto kind of thing at the end. I'm just going to go growl for it. a little they bit, kind of like, uh, put a little on find it." I don't know. Yeah, you're yeah, that's a great observation, Kyle. Um yeah, I like it. I mean, it's uh I uh, here's where you talk about realizing the influence of something. I started listening to this this round for, you know, this episode and I was like, I absolutely stole the blueprint for this. Not exactly, but like my first solo EP that I put out has a track that there's no way. I mean, it immediately popped in my head. I was like, I stole some stuff from this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like Peter Griffin it. from Family Guy. We said we didn't steal anything from The Simpsons, but we stole that from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah I we, everyone stole from this album. It wasn't. I don't. I think it was totally subconsciously, but I just listened to it. And I'm oh, like the vibe. No, yeah. I mean, I didn't go as rocky as this, but I kind of did this weird atmospheric kind of weird thing. And like, I'm thinking about the other songs. And albums that I would have been listening to around the same time. I made that album in like 2003 or four, 2003 and four uh, or something. So, but like it, it didn't click. I mean, immediately when I heard this. So yeah, it was doing it to me too, for sure. Um, and it true. I stole it. Uh, <laughs> I did not necessarily steal uh, the actual final track, but again, we're, we're going, I feel like they've bookended this thing pretty well with, yeah, it's nice. uh, we talk hey. about if we like these kind of tracks or not. And so I was like, do we do That's it? Fun. But yeah, so we're going to do it. So here we go. Here's track yeah. 13, uh, which is emotion is dead. Part two. You know, and it kind of evolves over some time. Um, but uh, that's how that's how we end the in the record. Uh, like I said, I generally do listen to this record as a record, so I do like yeah. it. But I, you know, would never just play this track um, by itself. No, is that fair? No, no. But it's I, I, it, 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 it's a perfect Danny track. I could see them like putting their you know doing that big outro, like setting their guitars and the amps and going backstage and just letting this play out. Yes. Your point yeah. about this almost being a set list is yeah. kind of perfect because yeah. you could say emotion is dead. Part one is an intermission kind of thing. This yeah. is the credits and you're right. They're walking off stage with like feedback guitars and this just plays over the loudspeakers until they come back out for an encore. I think that would be probably amazing. I would actually yeah. like be super enthusiastic about seeing that could happen you live. Guys, could you guys do that? I'll come. I'll, well, I'm sure I'll they pay did. Money. 
on that Juliana on they did no, no, this album. Like, you know how yeah. right, but I'm saying you know how bands like do the uh Yeah. Like now that like, you come back on you go on tour and just play the album, like I would yeah. pay a lot. I'd go see this album for sure. To see if they just guaranteed they'd play it. Juliana the Theory, to do the a twenty twenty five twenty five or just do yeah, do twenty twenty five. We're just three years away from that. Yep. Let's do it. Uh or do a twenty two like- year and twenty three. Just pick a number. It doesn't care. I don't like do you like like do you, do you like money? I'm not any more likely to see it <laughs> because it's like one of those, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, like yeah. 17 years. Eight, go for 18 it. and a half years. I'll still come. <laughs> yeah. You're selling just as many tickets. So just yeah. go for it next year, 2023. I think you should do it. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts, especially being someone that didn't really listen to the album in 2000? Yes. Okay. So this one threw me off a little bit. I'm not saying I don't like it, but because of the ending on the last on the last track. Um, when this kicked in, I swear to you, I was convinced he was like, because, okay, we have a whole album that I, that they've proven that they just made a record that they wanted to make. Right. They've played different styles that they wanted to play. I swear to you, I was like, he's about to come in with an Anthony <laughs> Kiedis Kermit, the frog style. <laughs> Can I get your hand to ride on? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I just knew that he was gonna freaking bust an Anthony Kiedis flow over this over this beat, and it didn't happen. And honestly, I'm still kind of disappointed that it didn't happen. Yeah, you almost yeah. Now, now that's all I've I, ever wanted. I think that would have really <laughs> thrown me off if that no, happened. For sure, though, for sure. Like, what I'm not, is happening? I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm just saying <laughs> that's it what you would expected. not. Ha- it, it, well, I mean, it wouldn't have surprised me at all because they just they were just kind of all over the place, but in a really fun, uh, in, in a really fun like just being creative in the way they want to be creative way. Yeah. Uh, the unfortunately the piano just sounds like talk about yeah. digital sounding. It yeah. just sounds yeah. like the worst MIDI piano um, ever, and that really takes away from it. Again, I'd probably like this a little bit more if it wasn't so digital sounding. Yeah. Um, once again, though, that's not the Dat's fault. That's the crappy piano plugin, right? Uh, digital yep. piano they used. It's not. If they would have put some mics on a real piano, I'm not saying it would have sounded as perfect on the digital tape as it would have on regular tape or some, some better preamps. But, uh, like I said, budget wise, it's cool. Um, and again, it's a way that you can do a budget because this was on a computer for sure. You know, this is like three loops and who knows what. So, uh, you can get 13 tracks in five weeks with probably not very much budget. Yeah. With the tooth and nail, we're not, don't put us in Christian stores budget. God, I would love to know. Yeah, because that was the thing. Yeah, the tooth and nail said, hey, we'll put you in Christian stores, right? But, um, or give I you a better good budget were. if you do that. I think they there's still no, were too. I think, yeah, I think, I think Evil pulled a evil, evil, evil on them. <laughs> yeah. Pulled a fast one. <laughs> I'm, I bet, had to be in, in Mardell's. In fact, I guarantee I bought it at one of those places. Right. Yeah. Well, because Mardell's had the Cooties album, which had a curse word in it. Like oh, they just put, scandal. they would just put whatever tooth and nail. Oh yeah. I didn't tell yep. anybody. I, <laughs> you just uh, yeah. listened over and over while your mom bought hell, paper. Hell, hell, <laughs> must. I was like, I'm going to go prank my teacher. This is inspiring me. This is inspiring me to do terrible things. Uh, yeah. just like the comic books and the video games are. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think that 
let's go to the lasting impressions. Um, does it hold up? This is interesting um, because I think that we are probably all in different areas, even internally within ourselves on this one. Kyle, I think we have to go with you first because you are the holding up part. You're not, you don't have the nostalgia that Chris and I do. And so you can more accurately, I think, judge it. I think it holds up as far as being good music. It I don't think it holds up as far as like, you know, sound goes because it very, it sounds like an early, honestly, it sounds like a late nineties record. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, which is what you very, get with a very, with, if you've got low budget. Yes. You're not going to be ahead of the curve. So as far as production goes, cause you know, we've done some records on here that like sound great and maybe haven't aged gracefully yeah, content wise. For sure. And, and I would say that this is the opposite of that. Like these songs are still great. And, and I'm, I think I am Pat outside of like the punk rock spirit of people who are Taylor Swifting their records to retain, you know, to regain the rights um, outside of that spirit of like sticking it to the man, I am opposed to trying to recapture that magic because I just, I'm just convinced that you can't. Um, yeah. I would love to hear these songs in a better quality, but I also know that like, you know, whatever was happening with these guys at this time in this place, that was where the magic happened. And so, you're right. Uh, good songs. Uh, the quality of the songs absolutely hold up for me. The the quality of the record does not. I think that's very fair and uh, pretty much the way I would put it. I think that it's the songs are really good and like a well executed either. They just sonically are. It right. sounds like late nineties, early two thousand. Like you know, very, yes, very there, very much. Just and. That's what makes it not hold up is that it sounds like it's 20 years old. Right. And unfortunately, every so here's what sucks about their where they landed on the technology spectrum is that every time before that, when that happened, you know, like the 60s have a sound and the 70s have a sound. But the difference was the technology was was always getting better. You know, so you go from having to do everything live to having four track, to having eight track, 16 track, 32 track tape. And, you know, Pink Floyd's doing some like incredibly technical, difficult, you know, stuff in the 70s. And then the 80s come along and we've got more technology and, and some people revolt kind of against that and stuff with like disco, you know, everyone kind of hating that eventually and stuff. The unfortunate part is that as far as the recording technology, it just it kept getting better without any decrease in something else. There was not a trade-off until this digital thing came along. And all of a sudden you had this thing that was obviously a lot cheaper to get into and had some editing capabilities that you didn't have with tape. But audio quality is the first time we dropped in audio quality as far as like you could... the average person could listen to this and tell you it sounds and they could tell you sounds like 2000 or whatever. And right. they might not be able to tell you why they wouldn't know that guitars were sound like they're ran through a line six pod. They wouldn't know any of that kind of stuff, but they would know it doesn't sound good. They would know right. it doesn't sound like a Foo Fighters record that was recorded right. in 2000. Right. And that's what sucks is that that yeah. was, but what, what, what was great is that it opened up the floodgates of like, 
accessibility. Like before this, you had right, to right. go to a studio, a real studio and spend a lot of money to make even one recording of one song. And so budget wise, you got so much music out of it because these little indie labels could spend 10 grand, you know, in someone's house recording this stuff digitally. And so it's such a catch 22 for me because you don't get this album at all. This band does not exist without a low budget tooth and nail record deal. Exactly. Dude. Yes. You know what I mean? This had my brain in knots because it's so hard. You, it was like chicken versus egg. Also, you can never, you can never say with complete um, conviction that this band would have been able to make this record if they had a bigger budget and if they had a producer, right? Uh, yo, but for all that, yeah, with with the limited resources they had, maybe this is the magic that happens. Maybe it doesn't happen. I mean, hypothetically, they well, not hypothetically. In in all reality, they had all those things for the next record, and it the magic wasn't there. Yeah, and you know, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, was that that was on a snack talking about Sherwood? How like I felt like they didn't capture the magic of those EPs yeah. that they did when they did their full length. It was just right. it had a, it was a little too stale, and but it's just so it's really tricky. It's like you know I know that most of these bands that had crappy recording quality. You know we talk about uh, tell all your friends, taking back Sunday's record, and how like bad that record sounds. But like mm. I wouldn't change it because it the only thing I wish is that the people with the budget or the labels or whoever would have had the foresight to realize that like, man, something is actually really special about this and we should right. let let's them, put a little more into let's it. Let's put a little more into it. Cause I think I would have heard and who cares? Tell all your friends was a massive success, but I could just imagine being like, Oh man, we should really spend 5,000 more dollars to just polish up some of the parts that yeah. are, you know, a little rushed or sound too fake. Let's get a real, I don't know, just some of that stuff would be. So you, you've got me, you've got my imagination going a little crazy now because, right? <laughs> I, because I said, I said that I don't believe in like the re-recording outside of like the spirit, right. Or the intent of doing that. I do wonder going with exactly what you're saying, Blake, like what if the labels like, cause I don't think there's anything wrong with the vocals. I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything wrong with the other instrumentation like right. hey we're going to redo these guitars right. and we're going to make sure we're going to make sure they sound solid and like yeah, what does really, that sound like I really think right. that that is if I could change something it'd be like yeah I'm going to give you like I said I wish we knew the budget because I would yeah. love to spend First of all, these guitar players are obviously really good. If you're in a metal band, this is easy. Right. Everything right, on right. this record is not challenging for you to play. That you could probably track all these, retrack all these guitars in a couple, like two, three studio days. You know what I mean? Like you could get right. in there and knock them out. Even if you're like, uh, even if you're being kind of, um, you know, and I, I'm guessing for budget purposes, maybe they were like recording a line in and then going back out to the pods so that you could actually change guitar sounds later and stuff. That's a popular thing to be able to do. So you're not chained to a sound, but right. You know, I, in a few days it would, I would think they could have knocked out a lot of the guitars or see some yeah. of the guitars or the heavier stuff with like real amps, like go to a real studio with some real gear and just do those parts. Um, Cause I don't go think do that one song and go back to yeah. the label and be like, Hey, this is what you get for another 10 grand. Like, right. You know? So 
yeah, it's just really hard because most of these albums that I complain about the audio quality, the bands would not have existed without digital recording being as accessible as it was at the time. And we were all there. We're like, we all basically at this point, someone in every band had to learn how to do this stuff for the most part. Right. I mean, yeah, like right. every band, you know, had one guy that knew how to do garage band when it came out or before that I was doing, you know, whatever cakewalk program or something on my computer. We all had like one guy in a band that had to learn that. Uh, and some people took it way more seriously than others, but you, that became a part of like, you know, garage band we've talked about before on this podcast, like became such a gigantic thing for demoing and writing and stuff like that, that without it, uh, you don't get a lot of bands. And I think that digital recording like ADATs and getting into that, it's like this, this band could, you can't make a record for probably what this budget was on tape. You could maybe probably couldn't make an EP for whatever the budget would be just for the tape oh, alone yeah. and stuff. So it's really hard. Um, I don't want to change it, but that's why you want to go see this band live. It's cause like, it's going to, this sound, they played this record front to back live. It's, it's going to sound, sound better. Phenomenal. Sound yeah. better. Oh yeah. yeah, they sound so good live. I remember that for sure. Even even that show we saw them with the Ataris, like when they played, you know, the older songs. Yeah. That's but funny. I, the yeah. the classics that the were classics. Two, two years, years old. old at the time. <laughs> it felt like so much such That's a bigger gap. Us. Such a bigger yeah. gap between those. Um yeah, I think song wise though, Kyle, you're right. I the songs are fantastic and um and they hold up and some of them are even, as you said, like prophetic in a way. So yeah. Chris, do you have sure. anything to add to it holding up? Yeah, if you take the parts of this album that make it great, the production, the way the parts are played and the parts that were created, uh, sorry, sorry, the song quality, the way the parts were played and the parts that were actually created, like what's on the tape, yeah. not how it sounds, but what's on the tape Yeah, and just remove the production aspect of it. Absolutely. These songs hold up 100%, but you guys are both right. It With, with that extra piece added, it sounds dated. Oh, no, here's where I really enjoyed listening to it front to back, by the way, though. Here's, yeah, no, I love it. Um, and I hadn't in a while. I don't know why. Yeah, me either. I had not played it it in a a very long time. Actually, I was, uh, while I was walking, uh, one night, it's getting a little colder, so I could kind of smell some fires on the outside. And like, I was like, it felt like I was a cornerstone. (laughs) Like, when I was hearing you always say goodnight, goodnight, and I was smelling like fires, I was like, Dude, I am 100% sure about a thousand people got their first kiss to this song at Cornerstone. <laughs> this is like where you slow dance with the, with oh, the yeah. person you met at Cornerstone. Yeah, it, this could, that, uh, you always say goodnight could be on a makeout track kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It could yeah. almost work. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that's exactly what you're right. And that is a good segue into is it their best album? I mean, it's just not even a competition for me, right? I mean, do either of you have. That. Is there no. is there anyone that would argue otherwise? Uh, they have a new album that they're working on, Equalvision. Oh, well, I guess I'd love it's to hear possible it. that one's better. Okay, but no, it's not going to be. Uh, this is their best album. Full stop. Kyle, now I, this is where I want to hear what what were your thoughts when you listened to Love? Well, so okay, obviously not all um, your uh, thoughts. The songs no, about no, no, this no, no, record, no. but you know, comparatively, were we off the mark on the mark? No, I think you were on the mark. And what was the weirdest to me is. For, for a record that was so stylistically diverse, they covered a lot of ground on this record, the the yeah. the one we just covered. I thought, guys, like how bad can it be? And the problem is they kind of, I hate this phrase, but I really don't know what else to call it. They kind of went down like the butt rock. I knew that's what like, you were going to say, Kyle. I like, knew it. They They kind of went down the butt rock avenue. And I'm like, 
I was I was thinking, you know, truly before I listened to it, I'm like, man, they could really go down any of these avenues and I'd be happy. So I wonder how they made something that Chris and Blake didn't like. And like I listened to it and I'm like, oh, and and actually what I would say, the way that I receive music like that is the opposite of the vibe, the entire vibe that I got from this record. And that is not taking themselves seriously, having a good time and just enjoying it. And I feel like dudes that are in rock bands like that take themselves very seriously. And so it was like, it was, it was a turnoff to me. I, I didn't enjoy it. It's hot garbage. I just knew you were going to say butt rock because that's exactly (laughs) how I feel about it. And I don't even mind some good butt rock. Yeah. Like there, there is such a thing sometimes. I also, I went back and listened to three songs. Like I was like, maybe I was just being a jerk. Like maybe I, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I've done it it more than a couple of times. Like years will go by. I will be like, it's like tomatoes. You're like, maybe I like tomatoes now. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I don't like tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes still. What do you know? Um, it is, it is a weird thing that I, I do every once in a while. I actually did not do it this time because like the times I was going to listen to music, it's like on a plane. I was like, I'm not wasting that album for a plane. Listen, like yeah. the new 1975 got all of that, uh, yep. yesterday. Um, and Oh yeah, it's just not good. I've tried. I've done it several times. I can't make it through the whole thing. Basically, it's. Uh, I tried it again because our buddy Thomas um, was like, "You should really give it another shot." This is, you know, probably two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." My buddy Thomas, I trust him. He's and this wrong. is this is one of those things where I do not understand where he's coming from on it. I can't get into it. There's nothing I found that I like about it, and it's you're right, just so the opposite of this record where it feels like. They did whatever they wanted to, and it was carefree. And um, basically, everything I love, they just kicked down the road. I think they were going through a dark thing, though. You know what I mean? I oh, think yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't, they move you up can't to Epic. Put yourself in the mood that you were in for the last album just they because you've got e- a yeah. new budget. You know, they move up to Epic. They're supposed to get a budget. They're uh, contractually obligated to give them a video, which they don't give them. They don't promote the record at all. And I think they see that that's going to happen before they're even finished with this record, probably. You know, you can see the writing on the wall of some of that kind of stuff. And uh, I do, I think it's fair to say that, like, they made the wrong record. I think they could have been the biggest band in the world if they would have grabbed onto more of what they did on this record. This goes on to, we just mentioned a band per song that was like, yeah. This song influenced this band, like direct lines that I would not believe don't exist. Um, and they influence all these the bands. Day is like, saves the day is like, hey, let's do what they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it just, I, I think they would have been huge if they would have made oh. a better sounding version of, a, and I'm not saying make the exact, exact same record. I get that people want to grow and evolve, but yeah. Jimmy World did it perfectly. From 1999 to 2001, they could have done the same thing 2000 to 2002, and I think been gigantic, and they just didn't. And I, like I said, I don't know what all went into that. Maybe they really did love what they were doing. Maybe it was just a bad album. Maybe it's really hard to write that album after the thing that you got a bunch of crap for, and so maybe they went like, ah, maybe it wasn't worth getting all the crap that they got um, for this record. And so, I don't know. Bums me out, though. Um, So, yeah, we... I think that answers that it's their most important too, because I don't think that love made a dent 
in anyone. Um, I don't think they got new fans that didn't, I, I doubt anyone picked up Juliana theory from love and not from Julie, not from emotion is dead. Right. Did that happen? Well, well it also I, I leaked. Can put it, I can put it to you like this. Uh, you can get a copy of love on vinyl for like 40 bucks and peop, there's not, there's nothing for this record under 199 bucks. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, so great. I mean, there you have it. it. Proof um, is in the pudding, fellas. Yeah. Okay, Desert Island songs. Chris, uh, two or three of your favorites. It's going to be hard, I bet. Uh, hard, but said. not hard. I, I, hey. Um, <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> what <are> you about? <laughs> I've, uh, I need to add that to the clip thing. Into the you know, dark. <laughs> if I told you this was killing me, would you stop? Which, by the way, I'm going to add to the show notes. Equal Visions has a mug. And the only thing the mug says is watch your mouth hilarious and then the last song is this is your life it was hard those are my three kyle i am gonna go we're at the top of the world if i told you this was killing me uh would you stop and this is your life man yeah that's pretty good I, oh, it's pretty tough for me, I think. I think We're at the Top of the World has to be in there. Just cannot possibly not be. Um, I think I'm also This Is Your Life. I think that one has to be in there. And it's so hard. I really can't. The third one is really tough. Um, the good album. But I think victory. I have to go understand the dream is over. Nice. I think that's it. But man, it's hard to leave into the dark off too. That's a that's a good yeah, one. No, um, there's so many good songs. Don't push yep. Love Away is a great freaking song too. None of us yep. mentioned yep. that one. That's a yep. great tune. Yep. Okay. Uh, Nobody's perfect. What's the worst song of the album? Uh, Kyle, I think is especially going to have a good honest view of this. So you guys both said that you felt like the last track that you would still listen to it, like it was a complete thing. I don't have the nostalgia involved in this record, so I, they're not going to get any grace from me. That that doesn't that last track does nothing for me. It, get get it off there. And the tr- the track before uh, the "You Always Say Goodnight" with the killer outro does everything for yeah. me. Yeah, so well, that's fair. Um, so yeah. Okay, Chris. Man, it's hard to pick. So I, I'm not counting instrumentals. If I, I'd agree with Kyle if I were, but I'm going to move those out just to put a different spin on it. And so for me, we're nothing without you is the one that, you know. Yep. That's mine too. Okay. That's the only one I just picked. Meh. Really the rest yep. of it I love. Uh, I agree. You can't really just kick the instrumental one off. I mean, it feels like cheating for the I middle one. I did. But you, you did. <laughs> That's okay. But here we are, no, no, but bitches. Yours, but yours has a really good point in the sense that it, you think it's right. a better ending just the way the right. track before it ends no, I like yeah. it. instead I like of going you, into the right. dancing. And I think you're right. I think that that's a valid yeah. opinion. I'm, and that's probably where my nostalgia comes in more and you're right. more objectively looking at it. So I think you're you're probably more correct than I what am. What are we if we if not Monday morning quarterbacks for all every album made in between 2000 yeah, true. and 2010? Exactly yeah, that's what exactly we what we are. Uh, <laughs> these guys are like, "What what a bunch of dicks." Um, <laughs> no, you should have done. You should have done it different and made a bunch of money and been millionaires. But hey, I'm just a guy sitting yeah, here I'm, doing hey, a look, podcast. You <laughs> You, anyone we're talking about on this podcast is more successful than any of us were at music. Yep. Don't yeah. take yeah. our word for it. We didn't no. make it. So we're just a bunch of idiots. Don't listen to us. But, you it's know, true. we're just talking, giving our, giving our, 
you know, Monday morning quarterbacks, a great way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, growing out a shower. Either one of you have a growing out a shower on here? Kyle, it's probably kind of hard. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Chris? Uh, this is your life because I, well, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is, this is too cheese for me. And then when I heard it again, like a few listens later, I was like, wait a minute. I love this song. <laughs> 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 what's yeah, happening to me it was, i'm like kyle like i was so pop punk like i would listen to this album and just like probably just like look in the mirror and like like who are you <laughs> i don't know if i have one i think that um i think i pretty much still feel the same way about most of this record that i did back then if i have to pick one it might be um like you always say good night just because some I've got to be sometimes in the right mood for that kind of thing in the background, like in the car, I'm not normally in the mood for that kind of outro song. I want to get to the poppy stuff I can drum and sing along to or whatever. So that's probably that. I think that'd be a fair, fair one. Um, anything else fellas? I mean, th- we talked a long time about this album, much, much longer than I thought we would. Same. I um, this would be so quick, but I think it brought, we all had a lot of opinions and I, I think it's a great one. I wish that, um, I wish it would have been bigger than it was. And, uh, yeah, I would love to, I agree guys, Juliana theory. If anyone knows anyone in the Juliana theory, please, um, uh, I've never wanted to talk another to a one. band more. I want to hear, I would love to talk to them. About do this. another tour on this record and play it front to back. Yeah. And we will be there. Cause, uh, to see this live, I think would be pretty, great uh that's it for us thanks for listening if you like what you hear uh give us a review on itunes or uh, wherever you listen to your podcast you can subscribe of course on any of those platforms so these just show up when we record them which is generally every two weeks uh however sorry we've gotten a little bit behind i said life sometimes gets in the way this is our fun middle of the night hobby we do together so um you know uh subscribe so they show up uh you can always send us your request so we've gotten some good requests recently i'm i'm adding them to a spreadsheet don't you all worry and uh, but you can also send us like comments disagreements or suggestions to info at finding follow us on twitter or instagram or facebook at finding pod that's it for us catch y'all next time bye bye i don't know why i'm waving you can't see me bye